끝에 너의 마스크 온몸에 퍼져갖고 취해갖고 깊이 널 들이켜 원장이 부받치겠어 Beautiful people of the internet, welcome to the BRB AFK podcast. I am your humble producer, Boston McCown, uh, here in our Zencaster studio, as always, with uh, the time being, Scott. Hello, governors. <laughs> you know he's a master of voices. Yes. 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 He's the, the Meryl Streep of, of uh, podcasters. <laughs> That's going to be my new opening state of greeting from here on out, just so you guys know. Yes. The H. John Benjamin of voices, um, <laughs> as well as our host, Ryan Shipley. Nice. Thank you. And it's it's cool that you knew enough about K-pop to know Hot Enough by Vix. Uh, there are some there are, there are some things you don't know about me. I guess that's one of them. <laughs> well, Vix is also well known as the, the concept kings. I mean, they are one of the greatest second generation K-pop groups ever, just saying. That's, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say the same thing, yeah. <laughs> and letting us know exactly what uh, what it means to be a K-pop stan. Uh, welcome back to the show. Well, welcome to this iteration of the show, Liz Brooks. Hey. Yes. <laughs> welcome. Nice. Yes. Um, I imagine when we when we get into the K-pop discussion, mm-hmm. I, that's going to be the most the oldest I'll ever feel in my life. <laughs> same. I'm going to be like, uh huh, uh huh, yep. <laughs> it's that when I go, and when I go on TikTok, and then if I get any kind of transaction on one of my comments on a TikTok, I feel relevant. I'm like, ah, the kids love me. <laughs> <laughs> They're so sweet. <laughs> Those kids are so sweet. I feel like I'm in that transition area where you're still a little relevant to kids, but you're about to get to the point where they where you're basically going to be the guy that gives Brothers Originals out. It's going to be the way that you. you connect. Yeah. <laughs> I had a kid. Because uh, I work as a bartender, I had a kid come into my bar and I was talking about the fact that I graduated college in 2014 and how oh. cool it was. And he was like, wow, what was it even like living back then? What? And I never wanted to punch a child more in the face. Oh, and, I can't imagine. Oh. Wow. And then he had the, the gall, the audacity to go, uh, ma'am, do you know what TikTok is? What? Oh God! Call me, man, and ask me what TikTok was. I made that little Dang. fucker follow me on TikTok. I was like, no, it is <laughs> at Liz the Bra, and I'm 300 followers. I do aging emo kit. Get on it, you little shit. <laughs> you tightened your shawl. <laughs> how dare you speak to me? <laughs> Which reminds me, uh, uh, how's how's firework going? <laughs> First of all, you could go fuck yourself. <laughs> and second of all, I deleted that shit. <laughs> like, Wait, so what rad. is this? So, well, actually, Liz, you, you, you probably know it, but you, you know it better than I do. So essentially, it was like a for-profit platform that, not for nothing, the ISO is like the original code for the ISO is now used in Instagram reels. And yeah. it like is very similar to TikTok without somebody getting sued. And mm-hmm. you make little videos of yourself doing different things. And then you like, and they had like this sort of MLM structure <laughs> to the company where yeah. like you didn't have to recruit other people, but for each follower you got, once you got partnership, 
you got like 10 bucks a month for a certain number of followers and you got oh. even more money if you got new followers onto the platform. Wait, so it's like a social media pyramid scheme? Yeah, literally. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dead, on. Dead on. And it was called Firework? Firework. Huh. Because I remember, because I thought you, I thought you had gotten in on the ground floor or something. I didn't realize it was, uh, it was. I thought profit. so too, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, me I, too. Yeah, I downloaded it. I was, I followed you, and I was trying to do, I was trying to figure out how to do my own shit. Because that's when I started learning that my phone could do uh, recording, uh, record uh, my drawings. Yeah. And so I started trying to do speed drawings too, and then I could never figure out how to fucking upload anything. <laughs> I uploaded a bunch of shit and it all looked really great and I like cross hatched it with a bunch of my other platforms but at the end of the day it was like just go to Twitch for fuck's sake just <laughs> like it's yeah. so much easier and every all of the language is a lot more plain and again like the pay structure I think the most I ever made was a hundred bucks okay. and that was putting in like 35 hours a week into oh. a platform with less than a million downloads is it still a thing no hard no they're getting oh. sued. A whole lot of so, offshore like chicanery. So it burned out just like a firework. <laughs> More like That's a plastic right. bag drifting through the wind. That's poetic. <laughs> just like that. I imagine uh, his character became a serial killer later in life, like the kid in American Beauty. Yes. <laughs> yes. I just imagine that first he probably made a pretentious art film. Oh, of you have course. to first. That's, yeah. that's like the first step. Uh, nobody it's really like watched. David Lynch and Kafka. <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I'm in film school now. I get to make fun of them. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. I was worried that that may have got put back because of everything with COVID. No, still in it. This shit sucks. <laughs> that's it. Straight up not uh, having a good time, bro. <laughs> so what's the um what's the biggest problem with art school with uh, with uh, film school? Uh, well, especially like I'm in my last semester, everything that I have is studio classes. Okay. Um, so my decision process has to be either I can turn in substandard shitty work and get a substandard shitty grade. Yeah. I can risk exposing myself to COVID by going to school and working in the studio and not really know how many people have been in and out. Like they kind of contact traits, but again, mm. I just can't really trust it all that well. Yeah. Uh, or I buy a five thousand dollar computer and turn my entire side bedroom into a studio. Oh God! And you can't really <laughs> trust those ones in the in the classes either because you don't know if like if they're really take uh, taking like proper COVID nineteen. Yeah, protocol. I don't know as far as clean up hands have touched whatever like equipment that I get. Yeah. So I That's... just kind of had to make do with what I have, which has turned into actually why I use TikTok. It's a, a like cheaply do things well like iphone mm -hmm. 12 now has dolby 4k that you can film in and so okay, i've nice. pretty much have been like submitting shit through an iphone and i feel so guilty about it and then the other half of me is like just get the degree just get the degree just get the degree <laughs> <laughs> so. for to, to do this podcast uh, i went ahead and got the full adobe suites nice. and so yeah, I'm over. I'm over here. Uh, I'm I'm over here with the whole creative suite, uh, whole creative cloud. I'm like, oh shit! I can download Rush on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I can just I can just fucking edit videos on my phone. I should start using this. I mean, PicLoop is where it's at. To be fair, if you're going to go for a free app, PicLoop. I did an entire movie, like a 
feature length film. Really? Cool. Just pick loop. It was nice. fucking great. <laughs> how'd you, did you, uh, how'd you do on it? Did you get a uh, good grade? Oh, that was for a film festival. Oh, um, did that you was for the seven day shootout for Knoxville film fest. Yep. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. That one was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. We just filmed everything on a DSLR, uploaded it to a cloud and I literally edited it on my phone. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I've, done, <laughs> I've done quite a few of those. I've not not like made the films, but it's been being an actor in them. They're, they're so fun to do. Oh, my gosh. I've done three of those movies this year as uh, a cinematographer. That's and awesome. each one is more fun than the last. <laughs> I yeah. miss it. You should get back into it. You have a I way know. in now, Scott. I have a way in now. That's true. I can tell you guys, Scott <laughs> was really a good actor. Like, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, when, like you get your friends or into the stuff and then you go watch their films and their garbage and you have to see <laughs> the light. Like, yeah, you were great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally no. get what you were going for. <laughs> no, Scott, Scott was good in them. I remember I went to one one year and I don't like when people are on their phones during movies anyway. No, he doesn't. Yeah, somebody was in the phone, was on their phone in front of me during one of those. So it's like everybody in the audience has basically like made the movies or uh, our friends or family of the people that made the movies. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is the shittiest time to be on your phone. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I you mean, I be, put it yeah. up there with like a live performance with a dark room. If you're opening up your phone, you're putting a spotlight on how much of an asshole you are. Like, yeah. Your phone is literally lighting up your face to point out like, Oh, I'm a dick that doesn't care about what you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard for you. Probably like if you're trying to watch your film and see like how the audience reacts, you're more focused on that stupid asshole with the phone open than you are like the audience reaction, right? Well, yeah. and like, this is a really weird one because my like film festival debut was during COVID. So everything was just like watching the zoom meetings afterwards. Uh-huh. Like you don't get to see anybody's reaction. You just get to see like one guy interviewing each person okay. like, or like interviewing each like production company for each. Yeah. Right. And it's really fucking weird. Cause again, like it's, still like a local film festival so it's somebody that's like a thousand years old trying to figure out how to set up a zoom meeting oh god they um uh, are they still doing a zoom or was the last one actually in person no everything's still like completely in zoom knoxville we have a weird because we have hgtv here and stuff yeah our filming precautions like the union that's here it's so aggressively COVID safe that this is kind of a really, really good place to go if you're wanting to do more stuff right now. Like, because everybody's super, super safe and there's kind of an abundancy of work and not enough people here to just do things like grip or, you know, biting or anything like that. Like, those jobs are kind of like more than normal anywhere else in the industry right now. Yeah. It's, weird it's weird that knoxville is the place where all this stuff is Mm -hmm. it's just it's so weird to me because i know a lot of people that'll be in those like when they do the uh what are those like the murder shows they do around here that they shoot Uh, like snap knives yep you always know somebody that's been (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah he only had himself Now, how have you done a lot of like, have you made any films yet for uh, film school itself? A couple. Um, okay. I made a horror film um, that was such a dumb idea, but I'm glad that I executed it to the best of my ability. But it was literally just like every time uh, this 
girl smokes weed, she hears voices. Uh-huh. <laughs> but she doesn't want to quit smoking weed. So she just has to deal with like the most horrifying disembodied voice, like while she's hanging out like at a pool party with her friends and being like, You should kill them all. Anyway, do you have another white claw? I'll take that cherry and mango. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Drown in their blood. I am like so loving your outfit right now. <laughs> like, she's um, completely unbothered by it. <laughs> if you have a link to it, we can put it in the show notes. Or well, Boston can put it in the show notes. Yeah, I've got I've got at least the trailer on my YouTube. I have okay. to dig for my Vivo, but yeah. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> now, so when you're in film school. Mm-hmm. Is the, the teacher's the one that grades everything, or is there a lot of, like, self-grading with, like, the other kids grading with you? So, grades is a kind of weird thing. Again, like, I'm in my last year. I feel like okay. when you're learning a lot of these programs and you're first in the studio, your teacher is grading you. Mm-hmm. But once you start getting into the later classes, it's, like, you and three other people that have been in the same classes. It, it feels like high school, really. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's you yep. and three people that have been in the same classes for a couple of years now. So you know what everybody's going to do, kind of what their vibe is, what they're into. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so instead of there being any grades, it's literally just showing up that day with the original file. You play it for everybody. We all go around and talk about it. It okay. feels like it's a participation thing. Yeah. But more or less, it's sort of like could you take your log line that you gave everybody at the beginning of the film? Like, this is what this movie is going to be in two sentences. And at the end of the film, they're like, yep, that's what that was. It doesn't really matter how good or bad it is. It's that you articulated what you wanted to do and how you did it. Is there a lot of stress when you're like in there and you're going around the room? I mean, these are people that you've known for a while, but still like just going around the room and then critiquing what you did. Okay. Uh, Because I do stand up comedy and nothing's more terrifying than that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so eight thirty in the morning being really hung over, surrounded by twenty one year olds that like spent two weeks making skate videos really is uh. not gonna intimidate me at all. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> and the good thing for them is they're twenty one, so they're thinking like, this is really good for somebody your age. You know, you're like <laughs> t- as far as they're concerned, you're elderly now. <laughs> I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, you nobody to, does. Shush. <laughs> I don't, don't understand how you that on me. <laughs> I don't understand how you did the bartending thing because I can tell you. Um, uh, I think it was last year before everything hit. We went to a uh, a bar downtown for a friend's birthday party, and I guess I'm at that point now where I can't tell a person's age. But I swear, everybody in that in that bar had to be 14 or 15. <laughs> <laughs> there is a certain part of the night that comes around in which you're like, oh, I literally went from normal people that I see every day to toddlers. It is like, if they just came in and like a stained whoopee, I would not know the difference at all. They are children of the night. <laughs> I gotta say, I respect all, all three of you guys for being able to do stand up. Like I, I know I've done acting things, but I don't, I don't think it's anything to pick the pair to having to go in front of a crowd and do stand up. I applaud all of you. Oh, it's it's fun and definitely don't applaud it. You'll encourage more people to join and we need to not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flat, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> right. right. Compliment me for my soul, not the dumb decisions I make. <laughs> yeah. Now your soul our, is beautiful, Liz. Thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. That used to be my uh that used to be one of my go to things whenever people would ask me about stand up or doing stand up. Uh the I flat I, first thing I tell them is don't don't. Yeah. Fucking don't do it. It is not worth the amount of energy you're going to put into this oh. is nowhere near the the paltry sum that you're going to get it back from it. 
your level of kindness is so much higher than my love of chaos because every time somebody's like i'm thinking of doing it i'm like do it (laughs) (laughs) yes smile goes across your face yes i want to do this (laughs) if that doesn't deter them then i'm like okay let's talk (laughs) this is gonna suck if you're still down all right we'll, we'll we'll see what we can do but Three, four, right with you, bro. It's gonna. This is. You're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> so when a new comic comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like their first few times are probably kind of bad or anything like that, right? Oh, you yeah. try to be like super positive with them, but super honest. I only so, do. I only do one thing. Um, okay. Because most of the time, when people are first starting comedy, like that's really, really scary. And I. Yeah. 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 I kind of live by a philosophy because I'm a lady comic. Um, and my least favorite thing is like, what's it like as a woman in comedy? I just want <laughs> there to be so many women in comedy that that's not yeah. a question anymore. Uh, is that still yeah. a question? Oh, yeah, regularly. regularly How? Regularly. I, How is that sense. still a question? You got to have a lady. <laughs> because, because it's still a, it's still a minority. It's still uh, a minority in the higher ups. And like, yeah. I feel like as a townie, it's kind of my like job unless I either like get knocked up and give up or like <laughs> I, I get famous. Um, yeah. <laughs> my kind of viewpoint is like, as long as you just continuously keep having a shit ton of women at open mics that want to stick with it, mm-hmm. then eventually there's going to be over the span of time, more women that are on the top high tiers of comedy. And it'll eventually mm-hmm. be even if you keep encouraging at the ground level. So like if it's a woman I tend to be like, oh my God, you know, I'll help you write. Like, I'll hang out with you. We can FaceTime. Let's have a drink. Let's do a shot. Like, I'm immediately, if it's a dude, I'm like, please don't talk about rape or poop. And if you hump that fucking bar stool, I'm going to throw you off of this stage. (laughs) 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 I'm so much meaner to guys when they start out because I'm like, I just do not cross me. (laughs) Honestly, for a long time, that's one of the reasons why I haven't really been that eager to get back out. Uh, it's mean, aside from you know the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but like I've I've had I had that kind of had that conversation with myself at one point. I was like, do we do we really need another angry white guy? Like, if it's what a, you it's say a, is funny, then yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's like the that's why I, that's even why I, I stopped doing any of the more aggressive Stanhope style stuff that I used to do <laughs> because I was like. I was like fucking there it's it's everywhere like I need to do something that is at least that's why I, I loved uh, Lucas McCrary uh, whenever he would come out because oh, it man. was he was so bizarre and left <laughs> left field that like like okay that yeah I want more of that yeah like Clinton um <laughs> so oh, Clinton Clinton Ricks number 1 is still my probably my favorite local comic um just cuz he just had such like a thought process and a turn of phrase that is so different from anything I've heard, but also like he's really, really good about, he adamantly refuses a compliment and he immediately changes the subject. As soon as he gets off stage and you're like, that was a really good set. I really like this joke. He's like, ah, I saw you on Facebook the other day getting angry at somebody. What was that about? (laughs) He knows how to distract you to keep from complimenting him. (laughs) Uh, Cause yeah, uh, I love, I love the way Clint has the ability to like, he can pretty much call you a piece of shit to your face and you're just like with him the whole time. Oh like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll I'm walk away from that, that up, entire interaction. Just smiling. <laughs> yeah. 
like talking to a cloud. <laughs> What's the uh, state of comedy in Knoxville right now? Are there shows that are going on live or is it all like online? Like I know I mean, David Abel does online shows, right? Um, yeah, he does. I'm not privy to really. My last show was in March. Okay. Um, so I have not here. done like any mics or anything, like okay. even Zoom mics. Uh, okay. For me, one, during the pandemic, I realized that uh, I, I kind of got to like retrospect and inflect on a lot of my comedy. And I realized that I am a lot more anxious mm-hmm. than I care to admit. And so I would just get plastered hammered before I went on stage. Even like okay. the most benign of open mics, I would I couldn't touch a microphone unless I had at least three beers. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of was sitting there just sorting through with myself and especially Zoom mics, like the temptation to get hammered in my own house. <laughs> it's yeah. too strong and I'm really trying to work on not having comedy and alcohol relate to each other. Yeah. So I really haven't done anything firsthand personally. Um, now there's like one in-person mic, two right now. There's Brickyard and then there's... Um, James Arnold has one at Fanatic okay. in town. And I feel like, you know, if that's what you choose to do, that's what you choose to do. I I am furloughed from my job and like I get paid hazard pay. And so in my mind, like I don't see the point in going out to do stand up if I'm like, it's so dangerous they have to pay me more money to work. Yeah. It keeps yeah. me from going out to the bars, it keeps me from performing or anything like that. So yeah. I uh, put my energy into other stuff. Boss and I went to a comedy show like a couple of months ago with uh, um, Alex and Danny. Yeah. Um, and it was a good show, but I can't imagine performing on something like that because I don't understand how you concentrate on what you're trying to do. Looking out that audience of people with no masks on, it just yeah. like, just, uh, it would freak me out. I, I was freaked out even being in there watching the show. I, like, I would feel so bad the idea of somebody getting sick because I really had to work out my type five on buttholes. Like, yeah. yeah. And plus <laughs> if you bombed, if you bombed and somebody died of COVID watching you, uh, that's like a double bomb. Uh. <laughs> but so. Yeah. It stings a little bit less if you did good. Yeah. So I would say <laughs> if you do ever get pregnant, I would say keep performing because then you can become <laughs> a top comic. Yo, that's true. Yeah. You, can use the, you can use the pregnancy as a prop. So keep it I going. Like it. I, I mean, like yep. that idea. Okay, like... okay, baby cobra. <laughs> I feel like I feel like anything that slithers out of me is gonna be pickled and brined in tequila. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna come out with like a Lulabelle fucking robe and a cigarette, being like, I haven't seen my husband in two weeks, officer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't inflict the world uh, on that. <laughs> uh, that would be amazing. And also, if you did have a baby, what K-pop name would you give it? Oh, good question. Thank you. I mean, if I'm going to go for my ultimate bias of all bias, I'm probably going to say Ravi. Okay. Um, or Nam June, which also theoretically, if I'm having a child, it's with my partner who's a, a ginger. So it'd be very weird having a very white child named Nam June Blank. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I think that would be a very odd child with a very weird future ahead of them. <laughs> yeah. I I do think the the problem is going to be like once comedy starts coming back, especially like around the world, around the country, is it's going to be too much uh, COVID uh, comedy. See, I don't think that that's going to be the thing at all. 
Okay. You, I, yeah, I, I hope you're right. I, I have a big thought process because not for nothing, the cultural zeitgeist of being mad at things because mm-hmm. this year has been so chaotic. Yeah. There's so much like, I mean, Bernie me. I literally, as soon as Bernie Sanders during the inauguration, I took a screenshot on my phone. It was in mm-hmm. Photoshop, clipping it out to put it immediately on a meme. And then by like six hours later, they put it on late night and I was already like, oh, well, the meme's dead. There's yeah. oh. so much like fast moving information because everybody's stuck at home. It's true. It's the world is like op- is an open mic now. Yeah, a little bit. And on top of that, you have a lot of very weird people. Somebody that I'm really excited to see on stage again is Andrew McCaffrey. Um, because okay. he is a very, very weird individual. And a lot of his jokes on stage are very, very odd. Yep. And I can't mm-hmm. wait to see what eight months of isolation did to that brain. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yep. wait to see that. And I think there's going to be a really big divide between people that have started during COVID and have only done Zoom mics. Because mm-hmm. not for nothing, I think that that's a different style of comedy that we haven't addressed yet. Yeah. And I think it's going to be very cool to see people that have never done a mic on stage, but have done 120 open mics. Yeah, I think. See how that goes. Oh, wow. That's a, I don't know how you would do as, because I mean, obviously I didn't do many uh, shows before I, I stopped because my anxiety was too much. Yeah. But I don't know how you do it without having some kind of audience to feed off of. Because that's a part for me is I, when I was doing it, I like getting the laughs and kind of riffing with that. I don't know how yeah. you do that in a, in a Zoom meeting because basically everybody's silent and you're just sitting there talking, right? Well, and something that I've noticed, uh, one comic that I know personally that she lives in um, LA and I watch a lot of her Zoom mics and she's like higher level. Yeah. Um, her delivery has changed. I've known her since she was in Orlando and I knew exactly, like I could tell you certain jokes that she told, like I could tell you exactly when the punchline was and point at you when it would happen. Cause she had a very like rhythmic delivery. And then mm-hmm. on zoom mics, I've noticed because she doesn't have the break of audience laughter. She just keeps going and steamrolling. Okay. And I'm wondering if that might be like something that some people might have to overcome too. Well, uh, it's just that. Yeah. Yeah. That is going to have to take some getting used to. Cause I know that's one of the things with like any YouTube, a lot of, Twitch, I mean, Twitch, uh, YouTube, that's a big thing on the internet is that I can't actually hear you respond. So I'm just going to keep going Yeah. until I, until, uh, until some, until one of my mods, like, you know, pings me in the chat and be like, oh, hey, I should, oh, all right, all right, gotcha. Yeah. It's like a continuous stream of consciousness. And I'm very interested to see how people like learn how to go, like overcome yeah. that, what they're going to do with that. How's that going to change? Like, yeah. For me, it won't be too different because after each show, I always pause for 30 seconds for laughter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm currently pausing. Did you start a timer? Click. You have to. No, I'm at the point where uh, my inner clock knows when 30 seconds is up. And and then then I move on. Um, But no, I think it's going to be... With disgust. If they they don't laugh. (laughs) I I do like Bill Maher. Oh, you guys just are stupid. That's the one thing. I've always hated about any comic is when they're just like, oh, you just don't get the joke. Oh, so you're not good enough to make stupid people laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I think it's going to be interesting. And I would hope like after this year, probably a year and a half, if we're being honest, probably mm-hmm. it's going to be at least that before everything really starts getting where people start feeling a little, any comfortable going outside or back around uh, or at least the same people. Yeah is it's going to be kind of hoping that people have learned a lesson are going to want to do more stuff now. 
Because beforehand, I think everybody, I mean, I know myself, I took that shit for granted. Yeah. Like, oh, I can go see a show anytime because they have like six or seven shows a week. Like stand up to the good girlfriend. This is like that John Cusack movie. <laughs> it's like girlfriend all along. <laughs> I'm just going to be standing outside one of the venues with the with the boombox. Yeah, go hang out with Selma Hayek and her garbage friends. To realize how good you had it. <laughs> yes. Somebody's going to be called Curly Sue. Absolutely. Uh, can yeah. I be me? Can I please be me? You can be Curly Sue. That nice. is like um secretly I think one of my my favorite John Hughes movie maybe that or Probably Breakfast Club and then Curly Sue. I really like Curly Sue. Oh, see, I'm St. Elmo's Fire all the way. I see. I've never seen St. Elmo's Fire. I know. Isn't that crazy? I love the song. Oh, it's worth it. It's worth it. I mean, I was definitely a curmudgeon of a child going through puberty, but like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, so you saw that as a child. Yeah, yeah. So you still were able to relate because it's like 20-somethings, right? Oh, yeah. Well, so my father uh, is a Gen Xer. And so like... But he that these movies came out when he was a teenager and stuff like he was the MTV generation. And yep. so it definitely is one of those like I didn't really watch it without like my Gen X shaman next to me <laughs> with all of the John Hughes movies or like any 80s, 90s movie like Forky's. He was like, OK, so here are the things that are problematic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got you to like, there's a couple of jokes that are kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, because as a child, Porky's was amazing. You're oh, like, this man. is the greatest movie of all time. And then when you get a little older and you start to realize, how the hell did this ever get made? Cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, but no, I think that's I think that as a Gen Xer is something that I'm supposed to do is to help the younger the younger generations find out all the cool stuff. And they show me the cool stuff too of the newer stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I always think that, that is so stupid when people have that whole where they're not going to li- they're not going to listen to anything new. They're not going to watch anything new. They're going to stay in their own lane. And I just that never makes sense to me. Oh, I have a shit ton of people that I talk to on Twitter now because of K-pop that are like in their fifties that are like, I see this pop up occasionally, and I'm very confused as to what this is. And I only listen to Led Zeppelin. So what's <laughs> up? <laughs> Led Zeppelin oh at Bob and Tom in the morning. So what you got? <laughs> <laughs> It is, and it makes no sense to me. I mean, obviously, a lot of time with music, it's the nostalgia thing. Those are your songs because you grew up with them and you have memories attached to the songs. So Absolutely. Like, like uh, Baby Got Back. I got so many good memories to tie to that. <laughs> but it's just the whole thing is like you're limiting yourself. So there was and, actually a really fun research study as to why a lot of people in the older generations don't like newer generation songs now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out of Cambridge, and it was a huge portion of it is the fade in, fade out in songs, because okay. a lot of modern songs don't feel like they have a beginning or end to people that were raised in a fade in, fade out radio style song set. Like, what do you mean, example? So a really good example, let's say, You Spin Me Right Round. Okay. So that song had a fade in and a fade out at the end of both ends of that song. It was still very electronic and like there were synthesizers and a lot of like things that are the basis for modern trap music today. And we'll take Mm -hmm. something like Sicko Mode, which is like kind of the pinnacle of pop, trap, rap kind of thing with uh, Drake and Travis Scott. And that song is a hard start and a hard end. It immediately, there is no like instrumental lead in or anything. It is immediately like, and now voice. 
And mm-hmm. I, and the research study was basically like, because there's no gentle lead in or lead out that a lot of people get turned off immediately. It's like kind of need to like treat somebody that was raised in that kind of music, like a nervous deer, like just put the nuts in your hand and be like, come on, come on girl. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I guess the fade out was important back in the olden days because mm-hmm. of radio stations, right? Exactly. Okay. And now since it's all mainly just like you it's find it on strange. SoundCloud and yeah. yeah. So I guess that, that explains it. And I think Boston, was it you that were telling talking to me tonight when you were talking about uh like songs are shorter now? Uh that wasn't me, but uh it, it, it does it does kind of feel that way on some level. Um especially when you listen to weird bands like I do that think, you know, a song is just like, you know, minute and a half to you know, fucking everybody, everybody heard a song too by Blur and they're like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> 25 seconds per song. We're done. We're um, done here, guys. We're done. Yeah. Um, Cause that's what I do now. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm big on uh, watching TikTok videos now. Cause I think TikTok is awesome. And that's how I learn a lot of new songs now. Cause I'll go Google. What is the song about where a woman, where a wife can't be a hoe? You know, that's like <laughs> my whole thing now is just uh, learning music off of TikTok. Hi. I feel so ashamed because I literally had my friend's 10 year old son, like show me TikTok music. <laughs> I was like, tell me what you really? listen to. And he's like, mother, mother. And I was like, I have no fucking idea what that is. Show me. <laughs> Hello, 10 year old. Give me the, give me the deets. <laughs> Wait, mother, mother's trending on TikTok. That's how they like really blew up. That's how they caught their shit. first uh, mill followers on Spotify was through TikTok. One of their songs wow. was in a viral video, and then uh, Claudia Conway posted it in the background of one of her videos as well. Oh, do you hear the crazy stuff that happened to Claudia Conway today? Fucking yeah, that shit is fucked up. <laughs> okay, do you, yeah, so um, do you two, this, this week in TikTok news. Yeah, so Kellyanne Conway's uh, daughter is Claudia Conway, and Claudia Conway right. has been super fun over the last four years, just basically destroying her mom, like left and right. And her and, dad, uh, to be fair. Like, yeah, she's even yeah. been ragging on Lincoln Project and all that shit, too. Just, yeah. just left. And uh, for people who don't know, Kellyanne Conway uh, worked in the Trump administration. Um, she had some really big lies, like the Bowling Green massacre that never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get revenge on her daughter last night, it seems that she leaked the picture of her daughter uh, topless. So the whole background of it is it was it was a picture of that picture on a phone, which was in Kellyanne Conway's photo book, which uh, Kellyanne or uh, Claudia cleared up as like, my mom took my phone and took pictures of my nudes that was on my phone as blackmail. And then either somebody hacked Kellyanne Conway or it was an accident or something to that effect. But some shit has been going crazy anyway, because Claudia Conway, like last weekend, posted a video of Kellyanne throwing shit at her and calling her a bitch and like screaming at her and yelling at her and shit. Mm. Yeah. Saying stuff like, you're lucky I'm pro-life to her daughter. (laughs) Yeah, so it's are they still together, Kellyanne and George? Because I read somewhere I thought so George that they had... left, kind okay. of like that's the rumor. But also, he posted a video that Claudia Conway had posted on TikTok saying like she was taking a break from social media to focus on her family, and that shit looked like a hostage video. Like it was, I mean, it. I can't count how many times I've had to apologize to family members as a teenager because I accidentally said shit at the dinner table, and that's the exact face that this poor girl was making. 
so um has has kellyanne came out and said anything about this yet or is it's like no not a damn thing but she's definitely liking QAnon posts on twitter oh boy yeah <laughs> so there's it's... that other part of the world that's awful <laughs> yeah the QAnon thing makes uh, just. Uh, I mean, I think that's a good thing though that I don't get it. Uh, I've yeah, I've always been since I was since I've been uh, since I was young, uh, totally against like conspiracy theories because I saw the danger that could come from them. I'm so mad that I understand how it happened because I was so into 4chan as like a kid, okay. like a young young mm. kid. Like, I mean, mm. fucking 14 watching beheading videos on R mm. and stuff, and it's like. <sighs> It's see, we, so weird <laughs> that it's see, we like, didn't have that. We had the faces of death videos. Oh, we oh, did. Really? Yes, I remember that. Yeah, you would actually find them in like any uh, most uh, video stores. Yeah, really really oh yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that's where the first time I saw a guy get ripped in four from uh, where they tie your limbs to a horse's drawn quarter. Let them, yeah, drawn and quarter. Uh, just saw so much crazy shit and. Uh, yeah, but so no, I just uh, but growing up with that kind of stuff, I'm I'm I guess that also kind of helps like why we're more desensitized, even though there's still some stuff that'll happen that will still kind of shock us. I, at least I hope. I mean, the desensitization too. Uh, I mean, largely in effect to me anyway. I kind of view as, uh, I mean, just being in the film industry, we're kind of at fault for that as well. Like Bone Tomahawk is one of the greatest westerns I've ever seen. Mm. And they graphically yeah. show chopping a dude in half from the dick up. Like, <laughs> and I'll take that off of my uh, Amazon ooh. list there. Oh, it is mm -hmm. so terrifying. It is an amazing movie. But also, yeah. it's only an R rating, even though somebody gets ripped in half. That's insane. And that's um, Kurt Russell, right? Yeah. I played Quake. I played Quake so we're fine. <laughs> the kids are all Wait. right. Quake had that? Oh, if you. Uh... Oh, which one was it? Quake two or Quake three? Quake three. Uh, yeah, the one of the big things is that you get turned into one of the. Uh, I was just watching about this 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 the other night, but you get turned into one of the enemies. Like they had this whole like processing where they cut off your limbs, replace them with cybernetics, oh. and you go through it in first person. Yeah. Oh God. You are you are slap you were struck to the slab. And this is long before like Outlast uh did the did the that graphic ass scene. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Oh man. Bonkers. Yeah, no, that's that is crazy. Um but speaking of crazy, the last time you were on here <laughs> we talked about K pop, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's your thing when you come on. We gotta talk some K pop. Yes. Um what are you gonna teach us about K pop tonight? I'm excited. Um, okay, so I've got... And there's going to be a quiz at the end. I've got two different things to talk about. Um, one, I figure I could kind of break down like exactly what happened with the impeach Biden hashtag on Twitter and how K-pop took over it. Yes. And kind of the semantics of how that happens and why that's not every single awful hashtag or whatever and how that works. Uh -huh. So in, so this was the state... The 2020 was the year that K-pop kind of weaponized politics right didn't they also mm -hmm. kind of like prank uh trump earlier in the summer where they bought all the tickets to his uh it, his, it uh, was first rally tiktok and k-pop uh people for sure and a lot of it i mean like really at its core has to do with the fact that not for nothing if you're really really into k-pop 
you probably already have a certain set of beliefs because you're super, super into music that you don't understand the language of. Okay. And... You would hope that, but then again, I see a lot of like fans of Spider-Man and Star Trek that are super racist and it makes no sense to me it's like they don't get any like like doctor who fans when they got so pissed off that it became a female oh i know and it's like have you not learned anything from the shit that you've been ingesting for the last 30 40 years yeah what's crazy about the doctor who thing too even the storyline behind doctor he was a woman at some point in the past yeah Yeah. that's what's so crazy about it yeah they bring they bring it up like multiple times Yes, yeah. uh, but it's so weird, and people will be like, "Oh, like a, this this last season of uh, Star Trek Discover uh, Discovery, um, they brought a, in a, a, a gay character, right?" Yeah, and uh, some people, some toxic fans online, lost their shit, and it's like you would have lost your shit in the '60s when the show first started, and they had the interracial uh, relationship. Relationship, it was a kiss. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it was a kiss. Little smoocher too. <laughs> and to his, yeah, and it's just like one Started of those things. Um, How did it end up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's just so weird that people can grow up with this stuff, and the points and the messages just go over their head, and now they're like, like with superheroes, now we're like, oh, it's just all this uh, social media justice shit, and it's like, no, it's always been this. All right, so we kind of paused there for a second. Uh, what happened there, Liz? Uh, so my delightful, amazing cat that's a giant piece of shit, her name is Barbarella Del Gato, military rank staff sergeant first class. Um, nice. <laughs> well, all cats have military rankings. You just have to figure out mm-hmm. what. Um, but yeah. I have... When they parachute, they land on their feet. Naturally, every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that makes it easy, yeah. Adorable. <laughs> but uh, yeah. my power strip that I have on the floor is like one of those smart power strips. So instead of like a switch, it's just like a soft button. And okay. uh, she was going oh, to go no. jump on my lap and she stepped on that and shut everything off. I thought we had a power oh. outage for a second because everything, like the lights in the house... Like my hollow yeah. light right now and the whole setup is all to like one surge protector and she knocked out the whole bedroom. <laughs> so everybody oh, say thanks, Barbarella. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Barbarella. Thank you. Cats don't have any care. Cause I saw a story today I, I shared on my Facebook wall about like uh more than a dozen people were tested positive for COVID-19 after attending a cat's birthday party. <laughs> I saw that. that was, the cat, I love that the article that I read specified that it was the cat's third birthday party. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love the journalistic integrity right there of like, it was the cat's yeah. third birthday. <laughs> and you, you, couldn't know, get me, you couldn't get me to go to a birthday party for someone I like right now, let alone a cat. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I could be, answer, I, answer, sure. I could be down for going to a dog birthday if I knew like his dog <laughs> well, friends were going to be there. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they got, um, I don't know if this is the cat, but, um, the the picture I took from the article because I my gag was cat's birthday wish comes true. Um, it's got a cat sitting there looking at a cake with a three like a candle three on it, and I'm like, yes. oh, this is a picture from it because that cat looks awesome. Oh, um, my cat put yeah. her entire paw in my mouth like two days ago. 
And I, what? I was laying on the couch and she was laying on my chest and I went to go yawn and then I just felt like the ends of her claws on my tongue. And I was like, ah! <laughs> and, then, and then your cat whispers in your ear, I just took a shit. <laughs> I feel like cat, that was her way know, of being like, at any time I could end you. That's, yeah. definitely her yes. way of being like, you have been in the house too long, bitch. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> go away. I need my space. <laughs> this is my house. Now, it's like, you have a precious cat. And then mama Boston, needs to get her drink out. Boston has an immortal cat. Uh, oh, God. How old is your cat again, Boston? 19. Good Doesn't look a day over four. Good Boston. Lord. Nice. Yeah. She she should have died a long time ago. We're still trying to figure out what happened. <laughs> Some I think it's like a pet cemetery situation. <laughs> I only think she, so. Only she didn't go evil. <laughs> yeah. She only thing she has that you would kind of know she's got kind of an age thing is that she's drools all the time. No. No. But it's still precious. Yeah, that's adorable. And yeah. I probably don't have any idea how many cats Scott has. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> this is Zoo over here. <laughs> we we have um, okay. <laughs> but since we've um, since we talked about cats, mm-hmm. we'll get back on the subject about some other cool cats. Yes, that's right. So I'm back I, on good I, I segways to, tonight. Yeah, I have to say for well, if you didn't, I don't know if you watched listened to the last episode, but Ryan's segue game was terrible. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's normally very strong, uh, yep. but I don't know what was wrong with Ryan. So I'm, I, you're already doing better, Ryan. I'm proud of you. To be fair, it was two days after a terrorist attack on the Capitol. So, yeah. oh, yeah. so I think I still had a little bit of PTSD there. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Because there's not a good segues that you can use with that. No. Exactly. Speaking of laugh, Ryan, yeah. it's what about that Capitol? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, okay, so we're set the table again. <laughs> We're going on with the K-pops and impeach Biden. Yes. So uh, I, I think a lot of people like just don't really completely understand that K-pop as a whole, like the way that all fans get together and that we all like come together as a group are on not for nothing, like Tumblr, uh, Weavers and Twitter and Instagram, which mm-hmm. by and large, not for nothing uh, in certain sects have uh, more calming feminine energy, maybe? Okay. If that's an appropriate way of putting it. Then most most of Tumblr, yeah. Um, yeah, I would I would not be sure about Twitter about that. But, yeah. but at least as far as like the K-pop corner of Twitter. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and also not for nothing, I think like BTS and like the generation, because again, there's several generations of K-pop. And the mm-hmm. generations before them and them have continued carrying on this legacy of like, because mental illness is such not a thing ever talked about in South Korea or in, in Asia proper, really. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, 2000 years of filiopiac uh, dynasties really haven't come down to anything that can be like, it's okay if you're sad sometimes. That just doesn't happen. Okay. Um, yeah. And so American fans find a certain level of identity in k-pop i personally find not only in the music because it's just dope and it kind of really reminds me of 90s hip-hop and like that's kind of why i originally got into it but also Mm -hmm. because the groups large and by are a lot of young people that are saying that it's okay to be weak and it's okay to just feel awful about yourself and it's okay to like have fantasies and dreams about like things that are going to get better and it's okay to be feminine and it's okay to be butch and it's okay to just, it's okay to be you. It's okay to be seen and be you and just deal with that. 
Okay, so very, like, just very opening. Very much. And I think especially in the K-pop community, like, in Western society, is a very large mix of people. It's not all, like, it's generally young women, but, like, nationality-wise and from different parts of the world. I, I find that, like, this is similar to the Beatles, only, like, we don't have to go to the concerts to meet other Beatles fans. We can just go online. And so you meet more in different people. And I wonder if that would admit, I wonder if that would have helped the Beatles, like, not break up as fast. Hmm. I think it would have definitely slowed down their acid years, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's have two amazing, life-changing oh. songs, and then the bunch of them be about nothing with a centaur in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but that was back also when, I think, they were putting out, bands would put out albums, like, what, two or twice a year? I mean, that's what BTS does. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're on, like, a full, like... The, when they took a break right before COVID, like a two-week break for each member, that was so completely unheard of in the K-pop community to take like a mental health break. The only time that you got a break is when you went for military service. Really? Yeah. So wait, okay. So would they, wait, hang on a second. Would they do the military service? Because it's required. Like, have to pause the singing career and then go do military and then come back mm-hmm. or would they did they start BTS after they were finished with their military? Oh, they still haven't done it. And in fact, uh, BTS... Uh, they pushed through South Korean legislation that if you can prove that you're like doing something that actually is impactful to the Korean government, namely like K- especially BTS, like their GDP is the size of a small country on their own. The fact that you have impacted the country so much, you can postpone your military service. And okay. there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. Like a lot of uh, K-drama actors, one of my favorites, uh, Lee Min-ho, uh, he did the same thing where he like delayed it until he was 30. Um, okay. And so you can delay it, but like pretty much if you haven't done your military service by 32, like you are a giant piece of shit and you should just move out of South Korea. <laughs> huh. So it's kind of like Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Israel, I think, does like the same i don't know if it's two years or what there there's there's are but you do have to do the main difference and it's everybody right it's, it's not like everybody super rich or have bone spurs that you can just get out of it you have yeah, to no, it. in south korea it's everybody it doesn't matter like if you're like medically Starship troopers, baby. <laughs> uh in south korea medically if you can't do it then they'll just make you yeah. like a police officer or something that's so fascinating because oh, wow. i know like here probably the last time something i mean i don't think that would ever have flown here but like I remember like World War II, you would see like Elvis and people like that, that, that would join the millet, that would join to go fight. Well, and realistically, and, I think here it could have happened had Vietnam not happened. True, because Vietnam, I think, soured a lot of people on oh, yeah. uh, military. Yeah, because that was probably, well, not probably, that was a war that we didn't really need to be in. The war was, well, we won't get it too deep into it, but the, most of us fooled around in the Asia Pacific. <laughs> Us pulling around in the Asia Pacific is not okay. <laughs> yeah, that's our second uh, podcast that we're going to start doing. Now that it's been, what, uh, 60, 60 years or so, uh, yeah. let's talk about why we shouldn't have been in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Now, just to let you all know, I watch all the Ken Burn documentary on Vietnam, so I am an expert. Ooh, I will let you know that I've watched a bunch of K-pop videos, and I have many arguments why 
drafting is not okay. <laughs> oh, nice. I've also seen Forrest Gump. Oh, well, he was in everything. <laughs> yeah. Tom Hanks <laughs> was in every section of our lives. <laughs> yes. Uh, my favorite part about uh, Tom Hanks and the inauguration is that everybody has that crazy rumor that Tom Hanks is some kind of devil worshiper too. What? And I like the fact that he they let him host it, <laughs> host the inauguration party, just to kind of mess with the QAnons. I just... <laughs> I fundamentally can't understand how you can't look at Tom Hanks and be like, oh, man, he's the best of us. <laughs> like, yes, American right. culture is really, really bad in a lot of ways, but we produce a couple of good shining examples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. But OK, so and he played uh, Mr. Rogers. Come on. Which is, and which is why I want to see that. Uh, which is why I want to see that new Tom Hanks movie. Where he's going all fucking true written shit. I'm like, what? Oh, what is this? Oh my gosh, it's on a. It's based loosely on a true story too, which makes me super excited. Oh, now it is. Uh, it is on demand now. Oh, is it already on demand? Nice. Yeah. What's What's it called? Uh, News of the Wild. Basically, like, out. isn't okay. it that he plays like world. a journalist and then he comes across like a uh, um, group that's been attacked and like the only survivor is this little girl. And he has to like get her to an encampment, or I'm yeah. like switching no, that no, with you're like right. a side yeah. quest in Red Dead Redemption. I <laughs> 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 uh, see how you'd be confused. And it got phenomenal reviews. It's uh, 87 percent right now on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I, dude, I'm okay with it so far. I mean, I just, like they've been completely right about Wandavision. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, holding off for a few more episodes and I'm going to slightly binge it uh, just because I want to kind of be able to because uh, I know my roommate is not I don't know if he's super sold on it so I think once a few episodes are in he can see like all the weird yeah. stuff that's going on in the background that's going to kind of make him one of the more few excited. things I have over my boyfriend as far as pop culture is concerned is that I, I know comic books and like I yeah. have a pull box and everything so like Marvel is the one thing that I'm like god damn it we will play it in our house it's the one thing that I know what's going to happen. <laughs> Where do you get your books from? Uh, usually anymore, I do Marvel Online just because okay. of everything. I um, yep. used to the comic book store in West Knoxville. Um, uh, Snake mm -hmm. Eyes? Next to Snake Eyes. Um, no, I guess it is Snake Eyes as well. No, yeah, Snake Eyes is the, is there the, Snake the, Eyes card is the comic shop. book shop. Level Up is the card yes, shop. Yes, that's it. Yep. Yeah. They're on the other side of the marketplace from me. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I've, um, one of my favorite things was to get a pull box and then go over to Greens. R.I.P. Greens. <laughs> oh, that was so sad. She made such good German food. Oh, God. Oh, it was so good. So good. And so it was next good. door to a comic book shop. You could get like four or five comics, sit down, get a hoagie, and like read your comics in peace. Nobody talked to yeah, you. That's why. <laughs> That's why I dig that new uh, LGBT-friendly uh, coffee shop, South Press oh. in uh, South Knoxville, because it's right next to the comic shop I go to. So I can go oh. over there, get a nice... Um, yeah, next time we go over there, Boston, we'll have to drop by. We should, yeah, they, absolutely. Yeah, they have... Uh, I got uh, Italian ice and, uh, and a cookie. Oh. Oh. Yeah, because I think she got TikTok famous, right? Mm -hmm. She did, and she makes the greatest chai latte this side of the Mississippi. Let me tell you, it is so good. And then uh, Scott and I have a mutual friend that works where I used to work and named, uh, I forgot her uh, stage name. So I don't want to, I don't want to just give that away because I don't want to, I'm 
but anyway, uh, that did their bathroom and did like a really cool uh, Alice in Wonderland theme to oh, it. Oh, that's so cool. Nice. Yeah, Cleo Taurus. Cleo Taurus, oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. So, um, but yeah, so she's got this really awesome, uh, the bathroom is cool and the, the atmosphere in the place itself is super cool. So she's moving, I think, two stories down to where the pawn shop used to be. And I can't wait to see what she does with that space. I, I can't say enough just how important it is to have like cool little like reading nooks in a comic book store. Because not for nothing, yeah. like it's already established if you're going to go to any sort of comic book store, you're going to buy what you're reading. Uh, yeah, and, and, but you want a, like a comfortable place to sit down instead of leaning against the counter and arguing at somebody <laughs> with like jeans yes. on. <laughs> no, that sometimes will happen. the The saddest I ever saw was I was in the store once, and uh, Bill, the owner, usually would put some really cool statues up near the front where you would check out, and he had this uh, sexy Mary Jane statue. Okay. And these three dudes were sitting there talking about it as they were turning around and checking her out. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That feels and I felt, right. I felt oh. bad as a comic book fan and bad as a human. <laughs> Just, I mean, I felt... so that observation is actually a main reason why whenever I go to pick up my full box, I'd go full makeup, like lashes. Like if I could walk in with a giant floppy hat and a feather boa, <laughs> <laughs> How girly can I look? <laughs> Speaking of floppy hats, uh, has anyone been see- uh, has anyone been thirsting over Vampire Lady yet? Oh yeah, hey, from the hey, new Resident hey. Evil. I've already seen some uh, some uh, girls uh, cosplaying it, and it is awesome. I'm stoked about it. I am so stoked about it. Yeah, that's an. Uh, yeah, I saw that is. For a weird side note, another really exciting thing about COVID is that I cannot wait for the cosplays that are going to come out. The first convention I go to, you gave these dorks a whole year and a half, two years worth of just sitting in their basements figuring shit out. Oh, true. Oh my god, there's going to be such amazing cosplays. (laughs) So much. (laughs) um, A mutual friend, Scott, and I have. Uh, Rosie, um, she's been planning a. Um, what are the f- wood people called in Lord of the Rings? The ents. Yeah, she's doing an ent with um, <gasps> two two hobbits on her shoulder. Oh man, that's and awesome! She's, she, she's she does. Learning, she is great at her cosplay. She's learning how to use um, those uh, kind of springy things that people stand on. Oh yeah, the uh, the weird like New Orleans stilts. <laughs> yep, so she can walk around like that at uh, Dragon Con. Yeah, so hopefully, I don't think Dragon Con will actually happen this year because I think it's still going to be a little too soon. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, like cosplay is going to be like insane. Oh, when the next Dragon Con, we're already in the Obey Me fandom, like picking out our cosplays and working on them right now. And like, I cannot wait for mine. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've been buying. So I'm going to put a pin in. And obey me for a second, because I, I definitely want to talk about obey me, but I know we have to like I want to talk more about the, the yes. impeach Biden thing first. You're just oh, right. too good of a guest. We we are going all over the place here, which is good. This is how our podcast works. <laughs> it's how we thrive, really. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm so for it, and I feel so bad for everybody that has to edit this. <laughs> so you feel bad for Boston. Love you, love Boston. you too. <laughs> we love you, man. <laughs> yeah, Boston is great. Hound. Round of applause Yay. for Boston. Yay. Yay. Good job, buddy. All, right. All hail me. 
uh, all right. So, um, okay. So, so this impeached Biden. Uh, so things started trending. So when it started trending on Twitter, it wasn't really that surprising because of one place that K-pop really thrives is Tumblr. Um, okay. And I've had the same Tumblr page for 15, 16 years now. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Um, I've had the same Tumblr page. It's changed, like, tag names over the years. Uh, I believe the okay. first version of it was uh, Amy Yasha Lover 420. Because <laughs> I was a teenager. Um, uh, at one point, it was I Will Sonic Your Screwdriver. Um Nice. <laughs> uh, at one point, it was butts, 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 butts. <laughs> and uh, now it is uh, haunted bonbons. Uh, <laughs> now, that's a now. This um, I'm not on Tumblr. Does Tumblr have the memory thing where you can look at stuff that you posted 13, 14, 15 years ago? So do they do like the memory no? Thing? They just have a crew, a crew of people that will remind you about it. it. it, oh. it kind <laughs> of, kind of. Uh, so here's the thing a lot be, when Verizon bought Tumblr, they deleted a bunch of what they deemed as porn. Um, oh, and it was just whatever their algorithm assumed was porn, which was a whole lot of Tumblr being like, ha ha ha, you fool. <laughs> We've been doing this for years. <laughs> um, so, like, I mean, what they essentially did is they brought Tumblr back to the same culture it was when I first started on it 15 years ago, okay, uh, where we weren't allowed cool. to post porn, but uh. Some of my fan fictions are still there, um, especially like my very embarrassing Harry Potter fan fiction that's 287 mm -hmm. chapters. What? Oh, it's called Red Mage. It's kind of famous in the uh, Harry Potter fan fiction community. That's a, okay. So, how many? Wow. How many chapters? 287. Oh my gosh. Wait, which one is it? It's that? Red Mage. Uh, okay. Harry and Draco moved to San Francisco. Uh, as junior aurors and it's like a crossover to the incarnations of immortality uh Piers anthony novels in which harry becomes like an elemental mage and has to fight like basically gods like the fates and like father time and stuff and like the and it's like the origins of magic in the harry potter world but also oh, like harry and draco are super gay in san francisco which is the important part. Which is very important. They had two kids. I really, like, spent a lot of time on this. But also, I, like, built up... I built up in my own head through 287 chapters what the origins of magic in the Harry Potter world was. Like, through elemental magic and, like, gods are real and stuff. Really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think maybe you should be the one that takes over the Harry Potter franchises now. I agree. <laughs> J.K. Rowling. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a fucking turf, so I could probably. Yeah. And I just, I just realized that how much cooler Liz is than I. Am. <laughs> oh. This is true. Single-handedly, just realized you, that. Fifteen-year-old me really wanted that praise and never got it, and that's why it was 287 <laughs> chapters. <laughs> nice. I wish I still had copies of the comic book I wrote uh, from age 12 to 16. Uh, I had the ninja snails. I oh, had ninja Captain, snails. Yep, I had Captain Awesome and Claw Incorporated. So you can already tell, like that's a Wolverine no. ripoff. They were all ripoff, <laughs> yeah. um, but they were great. I did so many issues of them. I also did a twelve-part mini-series on GoBots. <gasps> <That's kind laughs> nice. I would huh. do. I would take like a uh, typewriter paper, fold it, and do covers. The back oh, yes. cover would be what the next cover was going to look like. Uh, advertisements 
um, letters to the editors and everything <laughs> in the comic book. Dude. And I did a wow. lot. I did a lot of comics. Um, when I had my web comic, because I, I hosted my own web comic with a friend of mine in high school. We actually like built our own server that stayed in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And like it was called Dory Moi. Uh, and it was, it was awful. It was a J-Rock, uh, comic. Okay. If, if that's an established, J-Rock Final Fantasy crossover comic. So it was a whole lot of, like, Miyavi hanging out with Sephiroth. It was terrible. It was so cringe. Um. <laughs> oh, I wrote one some, when I was in fourth grade, this girl I really liked was a big fan of Duran Duran. So I wrote Duran Duran fan fiction to try to win her heart. That's amazing. I mean, that would totally work for me. <laughs> uh, okay, well, so um, okay. I used to play with GI yeah. Joe, so I got you all beat. Oh, it's <laughs> true. Yeah, you, you win. Uh, did you play with them, or did you just try to blow them up? You oh. mean D and D for jocks? I'm sure both. <laughs> well, D and D for jocks. <laughs> yes. One year while we lived yes. in Germany in '90 or '91, uh, when Desert Storm was going on. Um, Sergeant Slaughter betrayed America oh. and joined the Iron Sheik and saw yep. the same side. And, yep. and the Shipley boys were mad about that. And we had two Sergeant Slaughter figures and we set them on fire mm-hmm. oh, and wow. chanted USA. And our German friends looked at us like, we can't mess with America. Were you, <laughs> were you in Ramstein? Where were you? We were in um, the town we lived in was Schweinfurt. Um, it was like outside of Schweinfurt and Sinfield. Uh, Schweinfurt was where the base is. I found out like a couple oh. years ago, the base is now a place where they're hosting refugees. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but Schweinfurt uh, was named that because in, I think, the 1700s, uh, uh, a bunch of pigs escaped and ran, <laughs> and ran around the whole town. So they were like, yeah, that's the name of our town now. Yeah, it was cool. We lived, um, the comic shop I would go to was actually... Uh, about 150 miles from where I lived because there was like one comic shop that would get comics in uh, as they came out. Like if you went to the sh- base, you would get comics that were like two, three months old. Mm-hmm. So we would just basically get on the train and ride the train because like uh, transportation mm-hmm. in Germany was amazing. And that also kind of ex- shows you why our new name is now the Green Tank Boys. Green Tank Boys. <laughs> and I like how the, we're the Green Tank Boys, but we can that also actually... have girls in the Green Tank Boys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that kind of works well. I, I was born in Okinawa. Where uh, are you? Uh, on the Kanida base uh, in awesome. Okinawa. Okay. Uh, I, I, the first time I lived like not behind barbed wire was when I graduated high school and I moved to Tennessee. Like This is the first place I've ever lived that's not behind barbed wire. Wait, you oh, lived wow. in Japan like until you graduated? I was in Japan until I was 10, okay. uh, and then California, Texas, Massachusetts, Ohio. Wow. Because Air Force. Okay. Um, <laughs> I went to the Air Force base one year for, uh, they had this thing kind of like, a, I guess, DECA in a way, where um, I did a, a, a dramatic reading of Horton Hears a Who, and <gasps> it was so good. We got to go to what their version of state was, and it was on the... Air Force base that was on the border of France. Because I remember that because we snuck into France. Um, this is such like <laughs> this is such like an obscure flex, but only like other military brats will respect this. But yep. like Air Force bases were literally the greatest bases to live on. Oh. Like we always had movie theaters and good kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Like every single base. 
we um had one theater and the, the you I mean because you probably had the same experience at theaters too where before the movie started you have to you have to, the, you have, oh my god <laughs> you have to stand up for the pledge of allegiance yes the first time okay so the first time I came to Tennessee uh, I moved down here and I moved in with my two like stoner degenerate cousins that uh-huh. got like a shitty apartment and I'm talking like Jay and Silent Bob their names were Jason and Bob, and they were basically Jay and Silent Bob. That's amazing. And that's who I moved in with in Tennessee. And the first thing they did, like, all right, we got our cousin from the military base. We're going to show her how to, like, be a regular American. Huh. They took me to the movie theater to see Inglorious Bastards at midnight in Oak Ridge. Cool. And I got hammered before I went and they were making fun of me so hard because as soon as the lights went down, I immediately stood up and put my hand over my heart and yes. got panicked because I couldn't find the flags. <laughs> I was like, where are the flags in the front row? Where the fuck are they? This is so weird. Where are we right now? And they were like, sit down, you fucking freak. <laughs> they were so embarrassed. But I think the main part of it being that it was Oak Ridge. So when I stood up to do the Pledge of Allegiance, like two drunk rednecks behind us stood up too, like, oh shit, well, I guess that's what we do now. We must do yeah. business up here, Earl. We I ain't going to be the only one that do look American. Right. Well, blonde. I'm going to assume that she knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> it was so well, I- weird not when you transition out of like military life when you don't have to do anything like that. Oh, man. And, like, not always having, like, all of your IDs ready to go. Like, especially all of my cards in my wallet have a piece of tape on them so that I can pull them out easily. Yeah. And it's because I grew up on a military base where if I was up to some bullshit that I didn't need to be up to, Uh I always had my ID ready to be like, I'm sorry, please don't shoot me. My dad's an officer. (laughs) (laughs) He'll fire you. Um, But, no, we would always have to be careful before we left the house because we lived off base. They had us in, like, military housing off base. And you had to always make sure that you had your your ID or you couldn't get on base. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, so that was always sucky if you got to the base and you didn't have your ID because they weren't going to let you in. Oh, my little sister lost hers once. Oh, God. And we went off base to hang out with some friends and go to the mall and we came back and they had to literally call my parents to come pick her up. And ever since then, my mom, like, would tape her ID (laughs) to the front of her clothes. Uh (laughs) Every time we would go out and hang out with friends that weren't from the base. (laughs) Now, that's amazing. So in Germany... There was a, the theater was on base and it would basically be, they would only show um, during the week. They would have like, like kind of what theaters are doing now, like a four o'clock show and then a seven mm-hmm. o'clock show because um, yep. everybody's at work. Um, but they do on the weekends, they would do three, but you would have to get there super early if it was like a movie you really wanted to see. Because like, I remember, I think we stood in line for the first Ninja Turtles for three hours. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, uh, what was it? The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I had to stand in line for four hours. Yeah. And thank thank goodness I'm in the middle of five siblings because we literally took shifts <laughs> like <laughs> in line uh-huh. waiting for all of us to go. Uh-huh. Um, and our youngest brother is in a wheelchair. So we literally just parked our little brother <laughs> <laughs> and like put his brakes on and was like, all right, Nico, be cool. Be cool. We got to go do some stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then nobody could be mad at you. 
No, no not at all. Back. No. Yeah. <laughs> My little brother got to go to so many cool things because we would literally just be like, hey, so we're Lieutenant Colonel Brooks's kids and here's our brother. <laughs> so we're going to the front, right? <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, yeah, your dad's yeah, cool. Yeah, Tell yeah. your mama say hi. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. Uh, it was I, like really... I, I can't talk your guys' stories, so I'm just going to go with, like, I've seen Top Gun. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Wait, wait for, more than once. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So well, I can tell you as an Air Force brat, the volleyball scene, that is part of basic training. I don't know <laughs> if it's that day. Like, they make no, I kind of hope so. <laughs> and now, now they're about to do Top Gun 2. I know. <laughs> Which is. I, going to so Goose really... is apparently a memory shard. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> I. I think he's going to be in it. I don't know if they're going to bring back the, uh, what was her name? Kelly. What is her real name? The actress. Oh yeah. They're definitely not. She is hard right wing. And like, Oh, did she go hard right wing? Hard right wing. Okay. Hard. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's... A whole lot of like brain worms are controlling the demo rats. <laughs> kind of hard <laughs> right wing. That's a <laughs> But anyway, speaking. Of, okay. So we're going to finish this K-pop story. Okay. So... <laughs> 30 minutes later. So, <laughs> tune in next week when we have part two of the K-pop story. Okay, so, okay, the K-pop thing. All right, so. So, the K-pop thing. Um, so, everything that started on Twitter, everything that got movement on Twitter. Yeah. Um, originally came from, like, Tumblr and Reddit and Weibo. Um, Weibo being, like, a Korean K-pop-centric social media platform. Okay. It. The like system itself is very much like if you took Reddit and Facebook and smushed them together at a high velocity. Oh God, that's okay. kind of how it is to interact. Okay, but it's pretty much like all a bunch of like top level K-pop artists pop like post things, and that's where you get exclusive content. Okay, but they have like message boards, so that's where uh, or Weavers. Um, so that's where the original like buying all of the tickets for Trump's rally. That was where that started, was Weavers. Okay. And the message boards and like just different Discord servers of everybody being like, wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> and enough people being like, yeah, would, let's do it. Um, and they were right. It was. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and so generally, whenever a hashtag gets picked up, there's no real like general rules because not for nothing, like, fandoms kind of do their own thing it's the same with k-pop as it is with comics or movies or anything else like you there's going to be like a small centric level of fans that can kind of say certain things yeah but by and large it takes a big movement for everybody to get on board with it um when it happened with impeach biden uh marjorie breen i get the uh the q anon uh congress mm -hmm. from uh, georgia so her originator, like, basically, she had become a perfect target for K-pop fan videos and everything mm -hmm. because she's so much online. I think that's a big core focus that a lot of people aren't understanding is that whenever these, like, hashtags take off and K-pop takes over them, they're being taken over because they're largely a digital movement. Okay um k like when they did uh back over july when it was the white lives matter hashtag that got taken over by k-pop mm -hmm. it was because the person that started it was very very much online constantly and in similar circles 
Okay. And they were like, okay, we know how to manipulate your algorithm because you post constantly and you understand the algorithm. It's very pinpointed mm-hmm. whenever K-pop takes over a hashtag as to whether or not like it's something that we can actually take over. There's a lot of science and like coding science behind it and computer science behind it that dictates whether or not that's something that we can completely take over. Okay. Um, and then on top of that, not for nothing, the majority of the K-pop community is left-leaning, very much into equal rights, very much into like, look at this dumb idiot saying stupid stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and I think something that's really fun about the impeach Biden hashtag that I haven't seen just yet is a lot of people were like, okay, so K-pop took over another like shitty white supremacist hashtag and made it K-pop to change the algorithms. Can you guys please stop making fun of us for listening to K-pop now? <laughs> please. No. I think you got heroes. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, don't thank me for my service. Just listen to John Cook singing Pied Piper live. It's amazing. He's a total like triple threat. He's so good. I know those words, but not in that phrase. <laughs> like uh, one of my favorite uh groups is vix which is now broken up like a lot of the uh vixx they were like a second generation k-pop group they were known as like the concept kings they always like every time they came out with a new single it was a totally different weird thing um and and their rapper is like the highest earning person in korea for music like he's like worth millions and millions and millions yeah uh, because he like goes right songs Okay. But it was kind of one of those things that I, when I was online of just expressing to people like, hey, so I know now when awful things happen on Twitter, people are like, where are the K-pop stands? And it's like, uh, we're kind of hanging back until you guys like stop making fun of us so much. <laughs> now, when um, Hong Bin left Vix, was that like just like the death kill for him? Um. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, to be fair, like Starlight, which are the people that stan Vix, uh, mm-hmm. when Hongbin, also I love that you asked this. Oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> um, when he left Vix, it was because he got wine drunk on a Twitch stream and kind of said that another group's dance moves were trash, which in the K-pop community is basically like, damn your eyes and slapping somebody's <laughs> face with a glove. <laughs> Now, so a question about this, because I'm looking at, um, obviously, I know this stuff about Vix off the top of my head. Obviously. I did see here they were, uh, they were basically formed uh, through that Jellyfish Entertainment through a 2012 show, My Doll. Mm -hmm. Doll. Um, Mm -hmm. So are a lot of the bands like BTS, is it all like a fabricated, is it kind of like the Lou Pearlman of the 90s type stuff that's going on here? So it's far more bureaucracy. K-pop fans killing me. I just want to make sure. No, 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 no. It's far more bureaucracy than that. They have like literal, you know how like in Korea and Japan that getting into high school is just as important in those countries as getting into a good colleges here in America. Yeah, I'm familiar with my hero academia. (laughs) That's kind of, not for nothing, also Bakugo was bae. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, I love my dynamite, but like, a huge part of like that sort of culture is that, well, they have like K-pop idol high schools in which kids Whoa. are like at age 10, 11, like trying to dance and sing their way 
into like a school owned by a recording company that can prime them and get them ready for their debut. Really? So and it's all state sanctioned too. So these schools where they're taught to be in these kind of groups, do Mm -hmm. they also like learn everything else like, um, like math and history and stuff like that? Or is it, I mean, as much as like an Alabama quarterback (laughs) would learn, like it's none. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's, so around 10, that's kind of like in Germany where at a certain age you decide if you're going to go into trade schools, like, or if you're going to go into gymnasium, which is like the more, I don't want to say upper type stuff, but yeah, you decide oh, yeah. early on. And that would be so weird to me to think that you're deciding what you're going to do for your life. Well, that early. and that's uh, why BTS kind of broke the mold on a lot of things mm-hmm. because several of the members never went to these schools. Okay. Um, they just kind of were like, happened to be in high school and really enjoy rap and then just happened to audition and then just happened to have this happen. Um, so is it rap? BTS is rap? BTS originated as a rap group. Okay. Um, BTS stands for the Batang Boys. Okay. It, it's like the Korean version of, but it's that's what they were originally was like a rap group with some vocals and hip hop dance. So it stood for what again? Batang Boys. Batang Boys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. And they pretty much like again, kind of broke the mold from those K-pop things because not only did, did they really like start as a rap group, like a rap dance group, they also, not for nothing, like Big Hit, their recording company, they were kind of the only ones a part of that recording company. Mm-hmm. So they had a lot more say on how things go. Okay. And uh, the leader of the group, which every group in K-pop has like a leader, like their spokesperson. The leader of BTS is RM, Nam, Kim Namjoon, and he is fluent in like five languages. He is incredible. He has an IQ of like 180. Oh, God. Like, oh, yeah. No, like he, if he wasn't doing this, then he'd be like at the UN right now. Um, full on. Like, it's insane. Yeah. Um, and that's not just me as like a fan. This is just somebody being like, holy shit, <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> That's probably what he'll do like um, later in life, because if he's this big right now, I'd imagine he'll do well, like if he wants to get into office. And it kind of seems like he's not keeping that off the table. I think he's really just kind of trying to figure out life the same as anybody at 25 is. Yeah. Um, But that was kind of the weirdest thing about BTS and how it came about is because he was kind of just like the Korean equivalent of being a SoundCloud rapper. Okay. And then got picked up by this company and then kind of added to BTS, became the leader. And then through time and them growing up together and kind of like doing this thing, that's kind of why they're just such a standout and why their music, not for nothing, sounds absolutely different from anything else you've heard, at least as far as Western music is concerned. Okay. It's a combination of like K-pop being completely different and also not for nothing, a bunch of people that literally were just in their bedrooms kind of recording stuff and figuring stuff out are now on an international platform and absorbing everything that comes to them. See, I think BTS and uh, the Green Tank Boys, we have similar origins. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Yes. um, Boston is kind of like our leader. He was the rapper that we brought in. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the dangerous one. 
You're the rebel. Yeah. The wild Scott's one. the heartbreaker. <laughs> you got to have a heartbreaker in the group. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you have to be the G-man, you have to be the G-man. <laughs> and, right. That's amazing. And BTS is now actually uh, doing songs in English too, right? They did the one song in English, which they oh. swore they were never going to do. Um, because they were like, we, we don't, we literally make songs that make sense to us. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The whole reason why they did the songs in English was literally because of COVID and everything that just went to shit in America. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is definitely putting words in the mouth, but I think they kind of like felt awful for their fans because <laughs> not for nothing, South Korea crushed it when it came to COVID. Oh. And the U.S. did not. <laughs> what? Yeah, no. Wait, wait, yeah. What do you think? We, we didn't crush it? No. We... In oh. a certain way, we did. <laughs> I, mean, I guess you could say we're we're still having concerts. Hot Night Show had two huge packed houses, like the New Year's Day and the day after, which was and then posted God. pictures of them flipping off the camera. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, right? I think so. Yeah, it's just uh, so South Korea's got it under control. Are they actually able to be able to do fun stuff again? I know the outro song now. They are. uh, They are not (laughs) doing stuff, and that's why they're cool. (laughs) Yeah, they're still uh, waiting. Just like here now, I think there's something crazy where they said like in Tennessee, there's uh, I forgot what the number is, but it was so stupid. Uh, people that are re- going to refuse to get the vaccination. We can't get motherfuckers oh, yeah. to go to the store and wear a mask for 20 minutes. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean we can't get people to just shut down their bars before 10. No. Right. And when they don't, all we do is go, we're going to get you guys. And then they don't do anything. Um, the Tennessee hauler was talking about today. There's some uh, Republican senator or Congress critter, I think, that's going to try to pass uh, pass something in the in the state where businesses can't refuse entrance to people that don't want to wear masks. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, and it's like you one can't of those make gay where... people wedding cards or wedding cakes. Yeah, it's just. Uh, well, see, uh, that's that's the thing that bothers me too. Is that it's the same it's the same group that argued that no 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 you can't you can't do that you gotta. Uh, yeah, you, you, exactly. You, 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 yeah, we, we can we can refuse service to anybody, but then we refuse them service, and they're like, "Well, now, okay, hold up." Well, I don't like when it's against me. <laughs> yeah, but what about me? Big government's only cool when it's against things that I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it just makes no sense. Um, and they're doing stuff too, like there's this uh, where somebody, uh, Gloria Johnson, is basically her. Mm-hmm. Her uh, office is basically is a small windowless office because she um, spoke out against the speaker. So <laughs> Tennessee politics is garbage. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Don't get it. I don't get it. But yeah, um, but yeah. So that's going to be kind of crazy for all the um, the South Korea fans because, like we talked to last time, the concerts are basically events, and they've oh, yeah. not been able to do. Have they done any uh, like live streaming shows or anything? Uh, so they have like a um, whole entire like festival, okay, um, called the Batang Festival, okay, and that is pretty much like BTS. That's when they're releasing a lot of new songs, a lot of new dances, a lot of fan involvement. So this wait, so year, they release dances? Yes. Yeah. Again, those choreographed dances that you have to learn. Okay. <laughs> now, is it? Um, do you keep up with the dances? Some of them. Okay. Oh, oh. So you pick the, 
Is it like your guys dance as the ones that you travel yep, around with? Absolutely. Who's yep, your guy yep. in the band? G-Min. Okay. He's your uh, he is very pretty. Um, and not for nothing, because I've been trying to get my mom into K-pop. So we have like a thing that we're into together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I showed her pictures of G-Min, she was like, oh, he reminds me of Elvis. He's just made a six. And I was like, we have <laughs> different years of Elvis. <laughs> I am not comfortable with this discussion, Mom. <laughs> That's really weird. He is 23, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> so, and and they um they obviously cannot like marry or get girlfriends right now, right? It's so it's a it, so here's the reason why I'm really brokenhearted that Vix broke up is because. They were the first one that not only in their contract, they didn't have like a relationship clause mm-hmm. that you weren't allowed to date. Uh, the fandom for Vix, which we call ourselves Starlight. Um, <laughs> That's fresh. <laughs> we do. And we're the only ones that our light sticks for concerts also vibrate. They literally made a sex toy for us. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, Starlight, we were like the first group to be like, so when are you getting married? Like <laughs> the way that fans treat Vix is very much like an older sister. Okay. Of like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. When are you getting married? What's the girl's name? How are you doing? <laughs> are you eating enough? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, but that's the only one like that, right? Like, pretty much. Able- like, I feel like now BTS and where they're at western side of army which is bts fans Mm -hmm. would be ecstatic if they started dating would be super happy if they lived their own lives and started dating and go their own ways and have solo careers and come back together and everything yeah i imagine at this point have they also made solo albums oh yeah uh j-hope's dream world is one of the most like oh if you loved will smith in the 90s you will love that album it's so good (laughs) And I think it's, yeah, I think happy so cool because honestly, when I was growing up, I think there was only been two songs that were kind of foreign language that were hits, and that was uh, 99 Red Balloons and Do Hoss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah, and <laughs> now, like, that's so cool that people will listen to us. You may not know the lyrics, but you can still enjoy oh, one it. of the coolest things ever. Um, a song by J Hope from BTS and Nina Carmel. Maybe it was her, but it was uh, one of the first Billboard hits in the top ten. It was called Chicken Noodle Soup, um, and it was sung in English, Korean, and Spanish. And it was the first time you had three languages and one song that hit the top ten on the Billboard charts. Really? Yeah, and it kind of felt really cool being like, "Yeah, that's what that's the future liberals want." <laughs> <laughs> and Damn it's it. called Chicken Soup. Chicken noodle soup. Chicken, oh, chicken okay, noodle okay. Soup. I'm sorry. Chicken noodle, it's so dumb. It's so dumb, and it has an entire dumb dance to it that I've definitely memorized step for step. Okay. <laughs> I think that you're basically going to come on a show like every couple months to give us some more K-pop stuff. Because I, I agree. I need I, to get into this because I need to be more. I, I always want to be relevant. So. Oh, I definitely don't mind doing like a, a weekend update. Like this is what's <laughs> happening in K-pop. Oh, that would <laughs> be like, amazing. We can, we can have her on every episode to have like a weekend, you know, like a weekend update segment. And then we'll, <laughs> if you wanted to, re- if you wanted to record a 10 minute segment every week. I actually do K-pop. that on my Instagram live every week. I drink three glasses of wine. 
and I uh, do the English translations of popular K-pop songs, and then remind everybody how dirty they are. Okay, if you <laughs> if you want to do it, we can add we can tag we some can of these on our episodes. We sure can. If Boston's willing to do it, I I stay quiet there because I feel bad about giving Boston extra work. <laughs> That's fair. But if Boston, is I just okay don't with give it, a damn. Yeah, now, no. that, now that I have now that I have it now that I'm not stressed out about everything, I can probably this this. If if everything goes correctly, this episode will be up tomorrow morning. So we'll really, see. oh, oh well, tell everybody about fucking uh, media since medium drops on the twenty eighth. Yeah, I definitely want this episode to go up asap. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. A good point. At this point, we're going to transition into what we. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm just not going to try segue. We're just going to transition into what we're playing. Um, I'll start. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, because I'm so because I'm selfish. I'm starting. I don't know. Um, so I just finished playing uh, through Sackboy. Oh, um, okay. Uh, fun platformer. Um, it's by it's the character from all the Little Big Planet games. Uh, but this one, they actually um, all the stages. It's nothing to do it yourself. It's all like it's a it's just a platform game. Um, super fun. They have. Um, I showed Boston the toxic stage, but like there's six stages which are set to uh, music. So they do Toxic, oh, yeah. they do um, Uptown Funk, and it's super cool because everything, like the, the enemies are bouncing with the beat. Um, Wait, is this on Steam? No, I, I th- it's PlayStation 4 and 5 right now. Yep. Damn it, um, it's not an Xbox or... No. Um, super fun game. Uh, the only thing that frustrated me is there are some stages that you have to do more than one player. And that drives me crazy mm-hmm. that that you can't go in there with like an AI character and do mm, it. Yeah, that would be so, too. There's like uh, <laughs> so I can't do because I use usually in platforms oh, I have I try to, to get everything. <laughs> well, it's hard right now finding something that's got a PlayStation Five. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so that that's kind of frustrating because usually in platformers I like to try to collect all the stuff in the game and uh, it kind of blocks you from getting to the final stage in the game because you have to have all the the little dream orbs or collective balls. Um, so that was frustrating. And then finally, this morning, I started Miles Morales. <gasps> it's about yeah. time. And oh, you call man, I don't even have a PlayStation. Man. <laughs> oh my God. It starts about like a month or two after Spider-Man. Um, and it starts with like, there's a convoy that's taking all the prisoners back to the new raft and Rhino breaks free. So there's this uh, battle with the two Spider-Men uh, trying to stop Rhino. You bust through a Christmas, uh, like a shopping mall at Christmas. Um, it's incredible. Nice. <laughs> uh, I think I played through the opening and I was just like, uh, just excited the whole time. Um, also, in the original Spider-Man game, Spider-Man would listen to the talk radio with Jonah Jameson, right? Yeah. In this game, Miles can collect podcasts. <laughs> Oh, huh. yeah. So he's listening to some Jonah Jameson because he gets the suit from Spider-Man because Spider-Man's going overseas with Mary Jane. That's how they write Spider-Man out of the story for this one. And okay. um, he's listening to Jonah Jameson because Peter Parker has it um, just basically inside the suit, too. So he starts flipping around and comes up with uh, comes to the podcast where this girl is talking about how awesome uh, the Spider-Men are. And so he's like, oh, cool. And then down the corner, it says, you can find other podcasts. And I'm like, holy hell, that's, oh. a, that's amazing. <laughs> that um, is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but super fun so far. Uh, and I, I feel like I'm, I don't know if it's just because I'm basically one with Spider-Man, but I feel like I, I, I thought I was going to be a little rusty after playing it like three years ago almost, or two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked it right back up. 
doing all kinds of crazy Spider-Man stuff. <laughs> the thing I absolutely love about that game too, it was a meme that floated around a couple months ago uh, that somebody was playing Miles Morales and they lived in New York in like a high rise apartment in New York and they found their apartment what? <laughs> and oh, took wow. a picture of Spider-Man leaning against the window of their own apartment while like side by side with the picture of their apartment. <laughs> and that's, was like, this is the oh, like they got dead on. And he was like, not for nothing. I'm really happy that they just made the inside of my apartment look like a basic apartment and not this trash heap. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, yeah, it's so cool. That reminds, that reminds me of my buddy when, when Fallout 3 first dropped. <gasps> yeah. Uh, when Fallout 3 first dropped, uh, he grew <laughs> up in D.C. Oh. And so some of the some of the downtown areas were apparently spot on enough that he, I, I came into the room and he's just like wandering like his eyes just wide being like i used to hang out over there oh dude like um uh, what was it the uh walking dead like weird mobile game that they had that yeah. was like escape from yeah. atlanta yeah uh they had like i managed to find a uh place that i used to do comedy <laughs> several years ago that was an old bar really? <laughs> was like i used to do comedy there now it's filled with zombies. Ain't much has changed. <laughs> hey, that's incredible. Um, Scott, I know what you're playing because you were playing yeah. it before we recording. Yes, I was. Yeah. I was begging someone Explain. to come play the game for me. Explain, so, sir. Well, uh, so uh, Game Pass has a uh, well, a few new games, uh, but one of them is a game called Cyber Shadow. Uh, basically, it's a combination of the old Ninja Gaiden series meets Contra meets uh, oh I mean, it, it is it is a metro it's a Metroidvania yeah 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 pretty much oh, it's pretty oh, easy yeah. yeah oh very easy I'm having a I, I I could beat the game in like five minutes if I wanted to so you have Diet Dark Souls is what you have <laughs> exactly well that's what's crazy like so I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls recently so I should be used to the, the difficulties that this game is but like, like Boss I brought up earlier Dark Souls in this game are two totally different types yeah. of, of difficulty <laughs> yeah this is this is pixel because I, I, I was also playing it earlier today yeah yeah um because it just it just dropped it's on steam for 20 bucks or if you have the game okay. pass which, uh it's available um but yeah i will is, actually play that tonight we've got game pass nice it's, oh it's, it's super fun it reminds me a lot especially the aesthetic of it reminds me a lot of the old Mega Man games yeah that's Ooh. true it does yeah like uh but then just you, you, all you got, all you got, a sword. So get up in there. So like, it's, it's definitely it feels it feels very similar to uh, the messenger if you ever played that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, solid game. Um, now is this game created by the Shovel Knight people, or are they just producing it? That I'm not sure, boss. Uh, do you know? Let me take a look. And I know it's a uh, Yacht Games. Uh, Yacht Club Games published it. Okay. Uh, looks like it was it was uh developed by someone different okay but uh super fun like the controls are tight yeah yeah very tight uh like it's yeah. it's very fun it's uh, so yeah. one thing i noticed you know i kept wanting more and more like save points <laughs> because you know there's so many so many times where i've died right missing the same jump over and over again i was like oh i gotta do this all over ah yeah. like if <laughs> it, is, it is forgiving <laughs> on that front where like if yeah that you, you just you, you almost like port, uh, portal two if you die you just immediately 
there's like three beats and then you're back on uh yeah uh, you've respawned oh, that's you're back in it. Okay, oh yeah that's... you're right back in it absolutely okay that's that's really good that's one thing that i've liked so far about the playstation 5 is how fast everything loads god i bet uh, it's at the point now where i can't read sometimes like the stuff on the screens right while it's loading where yeah. we like a little hints i'm trying to read one go oh, what's that what's that and it's just too it's, it's just gone um so and it's supposed to be this is supposed to be a long game like cyber uh, i read a review and it said it's about a seven eight hour game oh that's that's nice which is that's not bad, bad. Oh, yeah. that's actually like a platformer style game yeah yeah and, and it is kind of like a metroidvania yeah that's, that's what it's that's what it feels like to me so yeah. far uh, uh, there's definitely i've definitely so go ahead, oh, sorry this is your time scott no no, no go ahead Wilson. go ahead you may play more than i have anyway uh, <laughs> so i've already noted i've already found a few secrets that are a secret and B, you clearly need to come back with something else later. Mm. Like it is already showing that there's there's going to be a lot of backtracking and exploration, uh, going back through and finding out how to do things. Like uh, I didn't even realize there was a if, if that first level you can go left, but you can't complete it without the shuriken. So oh. yeah, you, there's a lot of like go back and uh, back, but it's, it's it was kind of fun backtracking. It wasn't it wasn't too bad. I haven't tried backtracking yet, so I'm gonna have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Had I been playing this while this podcast while I've been recording, you would have heard a lot of cussing on my end. Yes, that's, that's all my podcast would have been. Would have been. <laughs> the, the best part is uh, behind the scenes stuff here. Uh, BTS um, <laughs> is is, uh, is while we were waiting because uh, Liz was uh, having some problems getting getting into it, everything. And Scott is playing the game and cussing at the game. And I was worried, is Liz going to think Scott is cussing at her because <laughs> yes. she's having issues? Or I mean, that I just have Tourette's? <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with either one. Right. <laughs> Honestly, the most insulted that I was because I could hear everything you guys were saying, but I couldn't speak, was yeah. somebody said, well, maybe she's really quiet. And Boston poked up and went, nope, that's not her. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Hard no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, motherfucker. Uh, did, did you hear Boston say, no I hope me. I get to talk to her because I miss her voice? I did hear that. And that definitely was a small soothing to, uh-uh, no, that bitch is loud as hell. I just told everybody you were playing hard to get. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. That is uh, not my game. <laughs> that's amazing. Speaking of games, boom, nailed it. Um, oh, you're back. And, yeah. and he's back, baby. Yes. What have you been playing, Boston? Uh, well, in addition to also checking out uh, that wonderful, wonderful game, <laughs> uh, Cyber Shadow, uh, one of the other games that has come to the Game Pass, uh, well, two other games that have come to the Game Pass recently, uh, if, you, if you've got a rig that can handle it or a full, full-on Xbox One, Control is currently... Oh yeah. yes, yes, and it is. It's it's been fun. It runs smooth. It's really weird. The game apparently the Game Pass edition has some issues because there's just a slew of two star ratings uh, here, where uh. apparently the there's even on high end rigs there's issues with the textures loading correctly. Mm. So apparently that is uh, pissing a bunch of people off. I, so I'm so happy to have a computer that can run anything right now. Uh, so I've been loving how smooth it runs. <laughs> it's it's so young kids uh, not remembering uh, early Elder Scrolls games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I, I reinstalled I reinstalled New Vegas just to see what it looked like on here, and 
Nice. Nice. Uh, also, so yeah, Control, which is a very fun game, uh, getting to warp reality. And the the world building, I love how they just drop you in with, like, they just I drop you in. I love when it does that. Oh, th- this game oh. does that. Yeah, so they, they drop you the end, and you're like, you don't know what the hell's going on. Oh, <laughs> or at I least I, I didn't. <laughs> I love feeling as clueless as my character feels when mm-hmm. I'm walking into Oh, you'll, you'll love this game then. Ooh, that sounds nice. Now, Although I kind of cheated. I kind of cheated because I listened to some of the Stupendium songs, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was. I was. I had. A, there's a whole. I was actually. Uh, I'm listening to it. Like listening to the loading screen. Listening to it start up. I got really disappointed that his song didn't start because I had to convince myself it was actually on the soundtrack for some reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> one, one of the That's other games that's coming to the Game Pass right now. Uh, aside from, like I said earlier, uh, medium medium drops in two days, and I'm so stoked. Um, yeah. Oh, we'll be talking about that on the next podcast. Spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, made by the made by the layers layers of fear and Blair Witch team. Ooh. Uh, blooper blooper team. Uh, blooper but team. another another game that is now live. Uh, it's, it's a little. It's actually a little older, but it's a uh, Donut County, which if you got two hours and you just want an adorable experience. Donut County, just it's just fun. It's just so adorable. <laughs> What's the premise? The premise is that you are a raccoon. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, that delivers donuts. <laughs> that doesn't seem healthy, but okay. <laughs> I'm Here's super into it. Yeah. For whatever <laughs> reason, for whatever reason, again, the the game doesn't really explain it that well. Yeah, they explain how people are handling the situation, but they never really explain what the fuck. <laughs> it's just <Donuts>. raccoons. <laughs> Say what? It's just raccoons just going about their business, delivering things with their tiny paws. Well, no. So, uh, according to the lore, the raccoons just moved into the city, so they're like, it's kind of weird. They kind of paint them like, uh. With, without being explicitly mean about it, they kind of paint raccoons as like this invading species mm. or like foreigners. They're there to wells. Yeah. And, and definitely <laughs> like the, the dangerous foreigner trope. Oh. oh. You got to be careful. You don't want any raccoons to join Bite Squad because you could get rabies. Yeah. Mm. And so, <gasps> one of the, but one of the things is the donuts they deliver. Yeah. The donuts they deliver are gaping holes in the earth that you control with your mouth. What? Yes. Okay, I'm in. So that 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 is the mechanic of the game is that someone orders a donut and you send out this hole that engulfs everything that they own and love. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a dark it's, side to it. Yeah, it's very much in the it's very much like in the goose game. Okay. Uh, Untitled Goose Game level, where you you are a mischief maker. You are fucking with people, uh, <laughs> and so you have to use the you have to use the mechanics to of of, of you create a, you have a hole and you can move the hole around, solve puzzles, consume everything. Oh, and the more you consume, the more you consume per level, uh, Katamari style, uh, the hole gets bigger. Oh, cool! I, I love that, and it's on the uh, Game Pass for. It is on game. It is on Game Pass right now. Okay. Okay. 
Man, well, I'm gonna get an Xbox. I'm not. I'm not gonna play any of this Game Pass stuff. Like, I'm man, telling you, Game Pass is just it's one of the best amazing. deals. It is amazing. Yeah, it's such a good deal. I do like like that. I know eventually they're going to have to raise the price on, on Game Pass, but I like how uh, Microsoft went back on their Xbox Live. I you know, know I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, two days later or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, speaking of Game Pass, no, that's bad. But let's pass it on to Liz. Hi. <laughs> yes. What are you playing? I mean, I'm balancing a bunch of different things. My yeah. two main um, Cyberpunk. Of course. Nice. Uh, what are you playing Cyberpunk on, Liz? What, like PC, Xbox? Xbox One. Okay. Um, and, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I'm used to Bethesda, so, like, I'm not upset about the fact that, like, I'll be driving and then randomly, like, a dump truck will be in the middle of my path. <laughs> and then I just, like, I'm used to this. Like, yeah. I'll fall out during this launch. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm used to this. It almost makes the game better. Um <laughs> But I'm also playing a mobile game, and uh, I don't know if anybody, any of you guys are familiar with Atome games, like Japanese Atome games. No. They're like, they're dating sims. Okay. It's a whole lot of, like, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. We've discussed that one, and then we discussed one about pigeons with Rowan. Yes. So okay. it's a very similar kind of thing. Um, okay. But this is an actual Atome game. It's not like subverting the thing um where you literally just like show up and, and date a bunch of dudes uh <laughs> and then you get like you you can pay money or you can just like grind until you get enough coins to be able to like pull good cards and continue on with the storyline um and the one that i'm playing right now is called obey me okay um so it's the number one japanese otome game in america right now like on the app store um, and it just launched in Japan. Back in March, I was number one in the whole ass world. <laughs> um, like the whole world, I was number one from March until May, uh, and now I am 46. <laughs> now, how do you get ranked in this game if it's like a dating game? So they have like events, and then also it's a leveling system, um, in which just like in your group, uh, like you whenever you log into the game, the game itself is almost structured like it's its own smartphone. Okay. So when you log in, you have like a phone call that you have to listen to, like voicemails and like text messages that you have to listen to. And then like your technical, like work that you have to do, like emails are the storyline. If that makes sense. And so it's, really highly interactive also like all the voice actors are really really good it's completely voiced which is something different for otome games Mm -hmm. usually it's just a picture of a hot anime boy saying nice (laughs) things to you with like a weird piano song in the background (laughs) yes yes awesome (laughs) but Uh this one is like actually voiced which is really nice um so you but it's also a japanese so it's a whole lot of this is beautiful nonsense thank you so much i understand nothing um (laughs) but this game, I ended up, I'm currently ranked 46 in the world. That uh, is amazing. I grind like a motherfucker. I also, uh, going back to my Tumblr blog, I'm like a huge part of the Obey Me community. Like I post fan fiction and fan art. Um, and I, I do a lot of like reader insert fan fictions. Hmm. Um, and like 
not for nothing, the game itself is really cool because the main character that you play is genderless. So you can okay. kind of like put your own decisions onto the game as you're dating through it. Um, cool. But yeah, I've, I've been grinding the shit out of that. Um, and Obey Me itself, like the background of it is you get drugged to hell. <laughs> oh, damn. You, like, you get taken to hell. Uh-huh. And then you meet the seven incarnations of sin, uh, which is Lucifer, Mammon, uh, Leviathan, Satan, Asmodeus, Beelzebub, and Belphegor. And I guess they're all hot dudes. They're all hot anime dudes, and they're your roommates. Uh, <laughs> like and the then also, like, thing. well, also, like, you hang out with like the demon prince Diavolo and Barbados and like also the sacred angels Luke, Michael, and Simeon. Um, and also like Solomon, like biblical Solomon is okay. like your bestie that texts you regularly and reminds you to eat. <laughs> That's now are they all like written kind of like uh, uh, this is the only game I kind of like Hades? I don't uh, know if yeah. you Hades yet, but yeah. Yeah, very similar. Again, this is a it's a dating simulation. So like regularly there'll be times where it'll be like a Lucifer's like, I just really want to hug you right now. Is that okay? <laughs> and be like, yes. <laughs> it's a whole lot of like having to do intimacy checks to decide whether or not like I can go on a coffee date with Satan. Um, imagine these games came out in the 90s when there was all that Satan panic. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I out loud, like verbally, I'm like, "Oh my god, I would so totally love to hold hands with Belphegor." <laughs> awesome, That's amazing. Oh god, it's so great, it's so great, and like, not for nothing, it's such like a fan interactive game for it mm -hmm. being a mobile like Otomi game. Yeah, all of voice actors, like, I got retweeted by Lucifer. I cannot express to you enough. How excited I am at that! No, it's <laughs> the game you got retweeted in the real world. I mean, I mean, if he says fine uh, as Lucifer in the game, um, amazing. <laughs> I was worried there for a second when you were thinking your answer. I'm like, you know where the real world is still is, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been on furlough for a very long time. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. So. But yeah. So is there like uh does it have the 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 usually the negative side of like the mobile games where you have to either pay a lot of money to get stuff or like wait for a lot of time to run out before you can make other so moves? They kind of do a really good infinite loop on that. Okay. Where like because they do events constantly, like way more than any honestly any game in general like the fact that they only have 12 developers is the most amazing thing because they do two events a month oh damn okay a new chapter in the storyline so like two events in a chapter in a storyline just development wise is insane for 12 people yeah and it's fully voiced and articulated That's and crazy. it's in multiple languages <laughs> they so, like crush it <laughs> so what so I guess they make their money like there's in-game stuff that you can buy, like I guess outfits gotcha. and stuff like, like that. Like the GATCHA, like you you can get cards because in between each storyline is like a dance battle, and okay. the better your cards are, the higher your levels go, and the further you can get in the story. You can grind for a thousand years and get to that level, or you can pay money and just buy these cards. 
Okay. So that's kind of the loophole around it, but it's not yet a pay to play. That's there's good. definitely two or three times where it's like, oh man, these are really cool like cards and storylines that I want to have. And it kind of sucks that I have to pay 20 bucks to do it. But mm. also like people have done dumber things on Call of Duty. So I'm totally going to do yeah, this. And I think too, Ooh. it's like if it's a game that you're putting that much time into it, like 20 bucks here or there isn't too bad. Yeah. And that's kind of like what I'll do is if it's one of my favorite characters is kind of like my decision point. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a favorite character and a like side storyline that we'll probably play in later. And the fact that I do like fan fiction and fan art sometimes yeah. for commissions, oh. I want to stay as up to date as possible. So if somebody's like, oh yeah, chapter 46, you know, that scene, I'm not like, well, I haven't played that far. Okay. Um, it's also a way to be like active in the fandom in a way that I can produce for other people. Yeah, no, no, that's, and, and that's what's awesome about like all these different avenues of creativity you have right now. Like you can't yeah. go on stage and tell jokes, but you have all these different ways that you can be creative right now. Oh man. Again, I cannot emphasize enough. It was really cool. Three weeks ago, I wrote a fan fiction about going on a coffee date with Lucifer and Satan showed up and you guys, Lucifer and Satan helped you adopt a kitten. Uh, and and i did that for five dollars i wrote that for five dollars it was great tumblr is amazing (laughs) that sounds amazing because it's helping you too because like you said earlier you're do you know how long you're going to be furloughed uh apparently i'm going to be back in february um it was a very tenuous time because not only do i work in the service industry but i also work for a law office that controls uh like immigration oh and things and our furlough was literally like, we don't know if uh, democracy is going to fall. So we're going to furlough huh. most of our people to just see whether or not like DACA is going to be abolished <laughs> just yeah. yet. Um, oh, so you guys are breathing like a, a huge sigh of relief. No, no. Now it is taking a giant intake of breath before we dive really deep because now the work begins. Okay. <laughs> uh so uh, so like i have about three weeks left of gaming and being dorky and enjoying my time before i'm gonna work harder than i have in the past three years oh wow i guess i'm so excited oh my god i haven't talked to other people in so long (laughs) it's it's one of those things where yeah yeah and so you work at the law office and then you work at you work with um another facebook friend of mine i think i just yes yep yeah she's super cool Oh my God, Drew is amazing. Uh, yeah. We both work with Postmodern Spirits, and it's, I mean, again, a bar that will pay you hazard pay through COVID is the greatest bar that oh, has yeah. ever existed. They're amazing, and they take care of us so well. And not for nothing, like, I get to make drinks and talk at people about My Hero Academia and Obey Me and K pop. And they're like, okay, cool. And I just get to hold them hostage until I finish their lemon drop. Um, it's funny because I have another friend named Drew that is forcing me through my hero academia. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't like the binge, but the uh, about last month she made me binge eight episodes. I enjoyed it. She's trying to get me to do the same, Ron. Yeah. It's so. uh, it was like one of those things. Chase first got me into my hero academia because he knew this the thing he had to say to get me to enjoy it, which was, uh, you know, the guy that created this really like Spider Man. And oh. not for nothing, when you watch it, you're like, yeah, I get white. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool that you're able to do all this stuff and, you know, make some money on the side and doing stuff that you love like that. That's super oh, cool. Oh, I fell into it. I don't think that I worked at this at all. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I 
I had a very good personality and a lot of luck. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not for nothing, like COVID did something, I think at least in the gig community of which we all like Bruce fight, we will survive. Yeah. <laughs> I think has been like gig culture currently is like, mm-hmm. damn it. We will continue on <laughs> whether for nothing or not. Yeah. Um, so thankfully that's happened. Yeah. I think it just <laughs> is a lot of like, you have to hustle a lot, but I think anything like that to get big, it all, it always, a little bit of it is luck. Like, okay. um, I'll, I'm, I do well on immature. Um, and there's sometimes where I'll post something and go, this is going to go over huge and it drops like yeah. a lead balloon and then other stuff will be super big. And I think it's just all luck does play into any of that kind of stuff, but it also is talent. Yeah. Like you have to have the talent to keep making the content to have a chance at like striking it. One of my biggest posts on Tumblr was about twerking and that got 400 some odd thousand likes nice. and like comments and such. Yeah. Like 400 and some odd interactions. Yeah. And it still pops up regularly. Like I'll randomly follow someone and then I'll see that post. Isn't that and weird? It's terrifying because the I think where I'm at now, it's way, way further. Uh, I was the originator of the um, joke on Tumblr of... Uh, white people destroyed the world for the sake of spices and have the audacity not to season their food. That's pretty good. That was you. That was me. That was me. I started it on Tumblr and then I started telling it on stage and everyone's like, ah, you stole that. And I was like, I don't want to show you my online persona. But I will. I don't want to show you the the receipts. I don't want to show you the receipts while I'm hammered at sassy ends right now, but I did that. To be Um, fair to them though, they're like, wait, you're a female comic though. (laughs) <laughs> between that and then um what's the new post uh erigato for the memories <laughs> oh thanks for the memories but even though uh, oh uh erigato for the memories Sugoi, if they weren't so great uh-huh and that's and up. that has twenty thousand right now <laughs> on no. tumblr and it's like a sentence that is the dumbest thing that's ever existed. And one of my friends like just messaged me today with a screenshot of it and was like, is this you? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. That's Were you incredible. drunk? I was. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, you know, that's when, that's when your best creativity comes out. Mm. It's the best creativity and the hardest to write down. It's yes. usually when I wake up in the next morning and I'm like, why am I talking about having green broads? Like... <laughs> and you got to piece it together like memento. You got to figure out like why, what happened here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's always the worst thing when you when you have a like a, have a good idea for like a joke or like a meme that hasn't been done yet, and then uh, you forget what it was. My greatest ideas have been in the bathroom when I couldn't like write it down on my phone. <laughs> yeah, well, I went to my, go. That's still, my, that's still my favorite quote from Mitch Hedberg was. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night with a great idea, but I can't find my pen. So I have to convince <laughs> myself that it wasn't that good of a joke. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you, you, uh, have no, you have no choice. It'll eat you alive. Oh, and I'm dating a comedian. So, like, sometimes I will be woken up by the sound of, like, a pen scratching on the nightstand. Uh-huh. And it's hit, like, at a delirious level between, like, sleep and awake. And he thought of something funny and he'll write it down. And then the next morning he'll be like, hey, baby. What does that mean? <laughs> what does this mean? What does this mean? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know anything about Merle Haggard. I can't help you. Um, 
<laughs> that's amazing. Uh, that's always like you have to then piece it together. Oh uh, man, like we are both like Rizzle and Isles on this as far as anytime we try to piece together joke ideas we have. <laughs> and then you just kind of wow, give up. That was a that was a deep cut to TNT shows. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryder Daddy TNT and Kid Nation. <laughs> I think hell yeah. That was the aughts version of Cagney and Lacey, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we should probably start wrapping this up. We had other stuff we were going to talk about, but <laughs> we went all over the place. So we what we'd like to do at the end of the episode is pray. Um, okay. so, uh, what we do at the end of the episode <laughs> is... Lead, lead, lead us, Liz. Yeah, we go <laughs> around the room, uh, room. We do a um, prayer request. Uh, no, so we, um, we go around the I was raised Catholic, so... <laughs> Great, Lucifer just showed up in my room and asked me to go to coffee. <laughs> um so what we're gonna do is go around uh the room i don't know that's weird to say around the room and just give a suggestion on something for people to try like a movie book series game tv show anything that you want to do okay. um scott lead us off i cannot remember if i talked about this last episode i'm just going to bring it up again if i did and i apologize if i did but i'm that into the show uh and that's the ozark series on netflix oh my god okay, so oh good. my god it's amazing oh. I absolutely love it. Like I think Jason Statham is, or Jason um, Statham. <laughs> Jason, wow, that Jason, would be Jason amazing. Statham is, yeah, <laughs> Jason Statham is a, is, a, is a badass in this show. from like from uh, the Expendables. Yeah, <laughs> yes, just, just yes, the first yes. thing is he wouldn't get put in that situation. He would just no. body kick them. Yeah, he, he, this 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 would have been done after episode one. Are you kidding? Yeah. Jason <laughs> Bateman. Jason Jason Bateman though is yeah. is phenomenal in the show like he's mm-hmm. uh he also directs it too i mean it, the whole cast is, is is done extremely well um but yeah I, I can't recommend it enough how far are you into it uh season two okay yeah okay uh super good show the uh the girl that plays the the local that joins him uh yeah uh, yes. hair. Oh, yeah. Ruth. Ruth. yeah she's an incredible actor she was on the americans she was mm-hmm. yep and she's she was a, even good at that Yep, and she's in a really good movie called The Assistant, which is basically okay. like uh, about Harvey Fire, uh, not Harvey Firestein. That would be. We funny. can't say words uh, tonight, Ryan. <laughs> Harvey, Ke- no, not Harvey Keitel either. Who's the rapist? Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. Which one's um, the rapist? Everyone <laughs> reminds me. We would be. That would be the most fucked up version of that twenty-five dollar <laughs> pyramid. Who's the rapist? I'll yeah. take the rapist for five hundred dollars. Yeah, Twenty-five thousand oh dollar pyramid. It's the rapist, Harvey Feinstein. Yes, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's that's super good. But um, anything else you've been recommending or? Wait, that's, that's I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm tired now. You know, this, podcast is, this podcast is red went really long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Boston. What do you have? Uh, what's the uh, I'm trying to, try to turn this around next day so that everybody can be aware of the medium because, oh my God, I want to play that game so bad. Um, yeah. What's the premise? Uh, you're, a, you're, a, you're a psychic cop. Oh. Um, and you can like pick up on echoes of things and like uh, try and figure out like what happened in this place. But then also you can like, uh, you can like, shift into a silent hill type fucking hell world 
okay. called Spirit Realm, and you got to deal with like spirit things and also real world things at the same time. And there are some puzzles where you are literally existing in both. Like you, the screen is split down the middle, and you are trying to exist in both worlds at the same time. Oh, awesome! So, uh, that that alone is going to be fun. Just seeing how well it renders. How, how much systems can render uh, two entire different devi- uh, environments at the same time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that for? Are you uh, probably play it on the PC, right? Uh, yeah, I'm mean, playing it for PC, uh, PC game Game Pass. Um, but as far as I know, it's on Game Pass, and it should for sure it is. It's not an Xbox exclusive, no. but it is on the Game Pass. It's not for PS5 yet. They, I'm, I'm looking at it. Well, then maybe an exclusive. Shut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was the other thing you were gonna recommend? Uh, get outside. No, um, <laughs> don't I mean, wear a mask. I don't remember anymore. I knew I had something, yeah. but now I can't remember. No, it's all right. I was, was it about thinking. Waylon Jennings? Or Merle Hacker? Damn it, Merle Hacker. Well, I mean, I was happy to find out that uh, Waylon Jennings thinks that Toby Keith's a bitch. <laughs> Wasn't that an amazing story? That was an amazing story, and I want to know more about it. Oh, anyway. and then, then they also then come up with the story that Waylon Jennings uh, was really nice to Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> no, that was Christopher Cross. That was Christopher okay. wait, Christopher Kristofferson. Yes, Chris Kristofferson. Okay. okay, I guess all white country singers from the seventies look the same to me. Heard. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's amazing. All right, uh, welcome back to you, Boston. You can think of it. Uh, Liz, what do you got? Okay. Uh, I have, uh, very obscurely, um, the TV show Moonlight Ooh. from okay. 2007. Uh, it stars uh, Alex O'Loughlin and Sophia Miles. And honestly, it is about like a vampire that is also a private investigator in Los Angeles. Who's and also a rapist? No, well, no. Sam Rockwell is, is, is in it, so you better oh, like check yeah. privilege right now. Yeah. <laughs> so where are you watching this at? Uh so it is currently on Vudu and uh for free on Amazon Prime right now. Okay. It's yeah. one season and we were robbed second season. That's it was kind of amazing. Yeah. And I've been re-watching it because not for nothing, it kind of fell through like a bunch of stuff that happened around 2007 because not for nothing, everybody was hot for vampires. Uh, but this was actually like a really cool like private investigator thing that also happened to have vampires in it. That's and awesome. It really, really cool. And I think people like should watch it. Uh, better. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So you said you were robbed on the second season. So did it not end properly or did it leave you hanging? Well, they like kind of did the same thing with Almost Human, where like okay. they put everything in like the wrong kind of area. Like, well, they they put all the episodes like kind of in the wrong order after like the mid season finale. Oh, I think they assumed that they were gonna get like a second season out of it, mm-hmm. and they right. just didn't. And yeah. so, yeah, like it kind of became like a whole thing. Um, Personally, for me, I kind of feel like, one, I never wanted to be rebooted because it was kind of perfect in that weird, like, 2007, like, sepia tone that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Not for nothing. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. It also, it just had such really, really good writing. And I think it was definitely somebody trying to, like, subvert, like, the vampire trope. 
and like the hot dude getting the girl and the girl wanting to be a vampire kind of thing it kind of flipped all of that on its head and uh if i can recommend anything in the world it's that you get on moonlight i think it deserves a second chance and i think more people need to be like oh actually that was really cool yeah, you right. make sure that you go for Moonlight, not Moonlighting. That's a very different series. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was pumped different. at first. Um, it does look like looking at it on Google here. It looks like it fell victim to like the writer strike of that year. It did. Uh, uh, well, not Renata. Uh, again, vampire like heightened kind of stuff, and like Heroes was kind of already out at the same time. It mm. kind of just. It didn't get its just due. I feel like if Netflix and Hulu had existed, this would have had like a long, healthy life that saw its end properly. Yeah. Yeah, but because it just came out at the like too early. There's a show that shouldn't have lasted more than a year. It was Heroes. <laughs> the first so year was opinions. great. First year was so good, and the then first season was so good. And then they <laughs> just completely shut the bid. I remember at one point they were going to do a spinoff where it was going to be like Heroes Origin. Where each episode the comic book sucked. New. That's how bad yeah. it was. Is that the comic book sucked? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was oh, so so horrible. But the guy that did Heroes went on to do um, uh, the Good Wife, which is excellent, and he's now doing Evil with uh, the dude that played Luke Cage, and that show is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to be fair, yeah. different thing that was Luke Cage. Yep. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, that's Marvel news. Uh, it sounds like they are including the Netflix Marvel TV shows in the uh, Spider-Man multiverse. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, they've got Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Daredevil signed up. Yep. Supposedly, Charlie Cox has already filmed scenes for the new Spider-Man film, which I All guess right. we'll do. It kind of makes sense because I guess he'll probably play the lawyer that's helping Peter Parker after what Mysterio did at the at the end of the last one. And also not for nothing at the end of that movie, the fact that they still have the, the Jonah still as the same actor. Yep. Makes me so happy. Like, Oh, the people at Marvel do care. (laughs) It was one of those things where people were nervous when the Netflix show stopped because like uh, Kevin Fiji, the the guy that's over all the Marvel stuff always seemed to be kind of indifferent on the um, Netflix TV shows because he wasn't, they weren't a part of what he was running. So like I think a lot also, of people like he knew that Disney Plus was going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he knew that, except for maybe the poor guy that plays Iron Fist. Um, I could see where he Danny would want to <laughs> <laughs> I could see where he would want to play bring on like um, the other three if they can. Like I'm sure Luke Cage is going to have a lot to do with like his filming with e- uh, Evil, but I don't think Kristen Ritter is doing anything else. No, and I mean not for nothing. They do have a lot of the writers from the Spider-Man video game that are going to be like assistant directors to this. Oh, I'm so, so excited! I'm so oh my excited. god! Uh, <laughs> and I again, did, I, the way that WandaVision is going, and like I can see what they're doing with it, and like I'm getting, I'm getting so excited. Yeah, this is I'm, all the setup to whatever's going to happen in the multiverse. Yep. Oh, I can't wait because I guess it's right now. It's um, it's going to be. Um, Winter Soldier and Captain America, the Captain uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier next, and Loki, and mm-hmm. then I think if movies don't get back backdated again, which I worry they're going to, then it's supposed to be Black Widow, Eternals, uh, Spider Man this year. I think is Doctor Strange this year or is Doctor no, Strange? Next Doctor year? Strange is next year, and uh, I feel like the breath that they're doing in the middle is that uh, the Hawkeye show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was excited about that because Pizza Dog's coming back. 
I'm just yeah. so excited because they're finally setting it up for the Hawkeye Deadpool, like where they do that team up. Yeah. Not for nothing. That's my favorite thing that's ever happened in comic books is the fact that Deadpool recognized that Hawkeye is like basically deaf and learned how to sign. And like multiple side things is Deadpool signing about like how much an asshole somebody is while they're talking. That's to amazing. Hawkeye. That's... And it's like the coolest thing in comic books. And I really hope that happens. Yeah. I... Yeah. What was a and also Deadpool is like the only character to who wears a mask who thinks to be like oh, hey, by the way, turns to turns to Hawkeye, pulls up his mask so he can read his yes. lips. <laughs> That's actually a thing, not for nothing, weird sideline in customer service and being working behind a bar right now uh, is that that's the one time that I pulled down a mask is we have two or three people that are deaf that come in. And it's me, like, when I don't have the sign that I know to ask them what they want or how they're doing, I'll pull down the mask and mouth. And it's such a, like, it's such a cool thing to, like, see that in comic books it kind of gives me like a little bit of a hope that's pretty awesome um but yeah if all the the marvel stuff holds up this year it's going to be an amazing year i i just can't wait to see how wandavision ends i know a lot of people are thinking it's going to maybe be the start of the x stuff but i don't know about that because i think that would have broke by now if they had hired actors to play the parts well Uh, nobody's checked in on evan peters just yet yeah. A lot of people are having this weird theory, like they're going to do a multiverse where they're just going to pull Evan Peters as Quicksilver. Yeah, because the other one is like, dead. Yeah. Yeah, and like that's how they Boy, do it. <laughs> what? You haven't seen Age of Ultron? There are twenty-three movies, and you haven't seen them in succession. Yeah, we're going to watch these. So that's our next podcast. We just watch all the Marvel movies. You know, randomly popping with J-pop facts. I guess the worst worst episode will be the Iron Man 3 episode. (laughs) Oh, God. That's a movie. Or Thor 2. One of those two. I like PTSD Tony. You know, honestly, Thor 2, at least we got Eccleston out of it. Like, Mm. Iron Man 3 was a whole lot of us watching Gwyneth Paltrow glow, and I'm not super excited about it. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, but a lot of good stuff coming hopefully this year from Marvel. But and it's good to all like they keep everything secret. Like uh what's her face that's playing She Hulk um basically lied to everybody for months, going, No, 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 I did not get that part. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, but it's gonna be exciting. But And the next uh Captain Marvel movie is going to be directed by the first black woman to direct a Marvel movie. That's and, she's uh, She's from the uh, Lovecraft Chronicles on HBO Max. Yeah, I need to start watching that. Super Yo, good. Yeah. so good. I'm <laughs> here. I hope they get another season because that it's amazing. The and time like, travel episode was in, my god. Okay. Oh, it's like all the things that Supernatural could have been if they had an R rating. Like, it makes me so happy. Oh, God. That's all you had to say, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> Supernatural with an R rating. It's amazing. Yeah. Has anybody seen Walker, Texas Ranger? <laughs> no, but I'm hearing some bad things. <laughs> uh, I watched it because I'm oh. a ride or die. And definitely it was a whole lot of like, oh, Jared Padlacki. Come on, homie. Oh, you could do yeah. better. Oh, just no. so sad you can't do much better, but you could do better than this. Yeah, but it's kind of one of those things you want it to kind of fail because that then pushes them closer to reuniting for Supernatural. Yeah. Yes. Um, but anyway, yep. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to end shows, so Boston, I'm gonna pull it over. I'm gonna let you take over from here. Well, Liz, it was wonderful again to have you out, and I really do Absolutely. hope uh, 
the uh, the schooling goes well. Uh, is there anything that you want us to plug recently? I, I know we, we haven't really been doing anything, but. Uh, I mean, follow me on social media if you really want memes and mm-hmm. pictures of my cat. Uh, and who, also, who does like, not for nothing, um, Ana Tartendis, that uh, oh, is a local comic in town. Uh, she and I are in the works for a video podcast. Ooh called your dope ants um and the, right. the first episode is literally just us buying bras with each other's budget for buying bras because i'm an a cup and she's more than double d okay and so i get to go shopping for bras with her budget and she gets to go shopping with my budget and she gets to make a macrame bra while i get to dance around victoria's secret with hundreds of dollars um <laughs> that sounds brilliant that's so you're so smart <laughs> so uh our our podcast is literally things of that nature um i know in the next couple of weeks she's going to be doing a bunch of other stuff so really just follow me on social media it's at liz the bra uh, and like be safe and wear a mask <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm excited for our new k-pop correspondent Oh, oh yeah! Same. Oh my God! Same. Seriously, if you want a weekend update, I, I, every like, I run a blog for this. <laughs> I, I, I think I kind of, I kind of want to do that. That makes me happy. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about that afterwards. But we thank you so much for joining us. Uh, get ready to uh, to enjoy a bunch of waiting around uh, as everything loads and parses. But without any further ado, Internet, it was wonderful to spend some time with you. Uh, we've been BRBAFK, and we will see you all in the next episode. Good night. Love you. Bye. Good night. Bye.